Silence! Notes. Okay. Got it out of your system now? Yeah. Okay. Silence. Oppenheimer! I myself am strange and unusual. This is Nerf Radio! Nerd alert! See, this is the stuff that brings nerds together. So it's sort of social. Demented and sad, but social, right? If I'm interested in it, then by definition, it is nerdy. I'm your co-host, man. My dad's a nerd. And welcome to episode 320 of Nerd Pride Radio. 320, if you go to the website coolfactsbro.com, which you should not because their website is not secure. Uh, fact number 320 is that the first documented use of the word nerd is from Dr. Seuss's book, If I Ran the Zoo, published in 1950. Really? That is the first written use of the word nerd. However, by 1951, it was already uh, in common use, meaning uh, someone who is uh, square or a drip. Mm. Those were the appropriate synonyms of 1951. Uh, and then uh, slowly became more uh, about uh, people who were overly smart and socially inept. And uh, finally, in the 70s, became uh, widespread nationwide uh, due to its pervasive use in the show Happy Days, which uh, they called people nerds constantly, and a nerd at that time was something you definitely did not want to be. So as, now, as, as Nowadays, it, everyone's a nerd, whether you like it or not. Right. See, exactly. So um, somewhere along the line... You sports nerds. Somewhere along the line... Uh, Nerds took the term back, probably with Revenge of the Nerds, which is sad because I hate to think what a debt we owe that film. Uh, but hey, then then we harken back to Dr. Seuss and go, okay, well, of course, Dr. Seuss was using it as the name of one of his Zeus zoo, zoo specimens, uh, right next to a seersucker. So, I what mean, it's worth. Nerds are usually next to seersuckers now. So, I don't even know what seersucker is. I've heard of a seersucker suit. So. To me, it's always been some kind of fabric. I don't know what a seersucker is. Well, uh, guy for Google, I guess. Your job is to look that up. Ask me how I'm doing today. Go on. Ask me. How you doing? <laughs> I am awesome. My name is Mike Jones. I am a Pathfinder slash D&D nerd, a history nerd, a sci-fi nerd, a comic book nerd, computer nerd, movie nerd, comedy nerd, science nerd, gaming nerd, plus... There's like seven other kinds of nerd. I only wish I was nerdy enough to be. You are listening to Nerd Pride Radio, the place I go every week with my lovely son, Aiden. Well, hi. To <laughs> every, every week, huh? Every week. To have on about all the nerd stuff that just won't fit in our skulls anymore. As always, we're recording live from our Nerd Pride studios inside Kevin Flynn's computer. Oh, uh, seersucker or railroad strike. 
railroad stripe? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the pattern on a suit. Oh, I wonder about the origin of that term, but I don't. Not enough to actually go any further with this. All right, well, I, 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 don't worry, I, I've got it up. Okay, all right, it's a pinstripe or yeah, railroad stripe. I get it. Yeah, nifty. All right. Anyway, um, now it's time for the meticulously plotted portion of this podcast. This is time for me and Aiden where we talk about all the interesting things that we've stumbled across during our busy, busy lives. Uh, if something tickles our nerd fancy, we add it to our master list, and the very best stuff off of that list gets spewed out all over you guys every week when we record. You, you lucky, lucky dogs. dogs. Seersucker is a woven in such a way that some of the threads bunch together, giving the fabric a wrinkled appearance. Wow. Okay, I, that's actually fascinating. Okay, fascinating is maybe too strong a word. Interesting. That is that is interesting enough that I'm glad you did that. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, straight into our master list. Uh, first off, this isn't really a segment, so uh, I guess this would be uh, now for something completely different. I'll, I'll let John Cleese say it. And now for something completely different. All right, here we go. Aiden? Uh, real quick. The word originates from the Persian words sheer and shakar, literally meaning milk and sugar. Really? Yes. From the resemblance of the smooth and rough stripes through the, through the smooth texture of milk and the bumpy texture of sugar, respectively, due to the patterns on the fabric that the bunching makes. Okay, now look, it, yes, if it was a milk and sugar pattern, I like that. That's actually even better. So, so your seersucker suit is a is a milk and sugar suit. Yeah, nice. All right. Anyway, uh, this first segment uh, now for something completely different. Uh, this is straight off of Facebook, which I, I also have something completely different. So, okay, awesome. Uh, question from Facebook. Yeah, it says, uh, Lisa, you're gonna have to help with this one because I can't. I don't know if I can remember the details. Uh, $10 million. Yep. $10 million in your hand. Yep. On the condition that for the rest of your life, there's a snail that follows you. And if it touches you, you die. It's just the movie. Terribly. You die terribly. You will die in some horrible fashion. And the snail, yeah, can't be killed. always, Always knows where you are. And its only purpose in life is to find you and touch you. So do you do it? Give me a second. Give me a second. got to look up how fast a snail is. Oh, we're going to assume that snails are as slow as you think they are. I mean, uh, like... like a the, garden... It, common garden snail? Yeah. So 0. 0.03 miles an hour? Right. Okay, now I need to look up the uh, circumference of the Earth. Just... The furthest point away on the Earth is going to be 12,000 miles away from here. Okay, so you're telling me that, oh my god. So 12,000 miles, 0.3, so that would be... Divided by 0.03. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere around 40,000 400,000 hours? 400,000. Ah, I missed the decimal. Uh, Divided by 60? No. No, divided by 24. Divided by 24, that'd be days. Divided by 365.25. Okay, if you move from one side of the planet to the other every 40 years, you'd be fine. Well, oh, here's the thing. You only have to move twice. 
It can travel in somebody else. Yeah. Is it possible that it could get it in someone's suitcase in and, and get itself carried over here? All right. I constantly have a machine that's like an umbrella hat that is dispensing salt constantly. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty good. See, my first thought was... Because was, oh, nothing says I can't kill the snail. No, no, it's immortal. Oh, is it immortal? Yeah, it's immortal. It, it doesn't die regardless. So... My first thought was, oh, well, if I've got $10 million, I will invest in an anti-snail security system uh, that continuously warns me if there's going, you know, if this snail happens to show up. Surround your mansion with treadmills. <laughs> um, I was thinking little miniature catapults that just fling it away. <laughs> like little panels that flip up. Right, it's an old joke that the, the snail that rings the doorbell, so... Anyway, doorbell rings. Guy comes to his door, and and uh, and there's a snail there, and he picks it up. He launches it out into the water. Thirty years later, doorbell rings. There's the snail. Stop doing that. All right. So anyway, um, but oh, oh, I, I've I've heard it different. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a ring at the doorbell. There's a snail. No one's there. Guy shuts the door. Two days later, another ring at the doorbell. There's a snail. He's like, God, do you know how long it takes me to get up to the button? That's good. Um, but then I thought, well, wait a minute. Why don't I just uh, find a way to have someone put the snail into a steel box, which I then uh, encase in lead and then, you know, a giant ball of concrete and then drop to the bottom of the ocean. It's still alive. It still knows where exactly exactly where I am, and right. it's still trying to get to me. But you know, it's it's encased in. Why don't I hire a machete esque like mercenary to go do right to, to, to go give this snail some lead shoes? Yeah, I think I think there's. I think to get to the true intent of this question, you have to put in so many caveats that you know. Oh, if the snail is trapped, it then gets to. I don't know. It has to have some way out of that. It has to all of that. It's too much. No, I, I, I think, I think if it's something stupid like a snail, you, if you find a way to defeat a snail, you win. Yeah, well, I'm saying I think it's too easy to defeat a snail. That's what I'm saying. So, anyway, that was that stupid question. What was your something completely different? I have an issue with a TikTok trend. Oh, I guess I wouldn't say trend. It's just a few videos that I've seen of people feeding stray cats. Okay. Don't feed stray cats. Yeah? They are a serious issue yes. in major cities. They are wiping animals out, out, out of existence. They're, they're driving them to extinction. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they, they like, form feral packs and are just a nuisance. Don't, don't, feed, don't feed stray cats. Can I offend some people on your podcast? You can offend as many people as you would like, Lisa. I have a problem with people who let their cats outside. Yeah. If I let my dog outside and it ran all over neighbors' yards and pooped in their yards, dug stuff up, dug stuff up, right? Whatever. People would be very upset. Uh huh. But yet, it's okay for somebody's cat to come out of the house and go poop wherever it right. wants. Go pu- poop in people's flower beds, sandboxes. Mm-hmm. Like it's incumbent upon you to keep a lid on your sandbox because you know that there are cats out here that are going to crap in it if you don't. That's that seems ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. 
So, yeah, I don't, look, I'm not advocating animal cruelty either. Right. But, like, we should be working on, on controlling the stray animal population because cats are not native predators to these United States. And yet, look at how much damage cats cause wherever people take them and let them loose, which uh-huh. is, by the way, everywhere people go. So, uh, I'm totally with you. I don't. I don't have the solution because I've never put right. any thought into it other than this exact moment. Right. But... I never ask you for solutions unless you know it's Nerd Pride's favorite game show. My friend John. I cannot believe I did not see that coming. I am <laughs> like. I thought about it be- beforehand. I thought, you know what? We don't want to spend too much time today. Maybe I should ask him ahead of time if we could just skip my friend John this week. <laughs> Maybe, you know, because we've got some other stuff to go. And then we sat down to record. I completely went out. Of, totally lost it. Went out of my head. I have had no clue. I cannot believe I could. I, I mean, I'm really, I'm feeling really stupid. That's that's right. And welcome back to Nerd Pride's favorite game show, My Friend John, where a few of my friends from uh, across fictional realms have sent me in uh, problems they've been having, and uh, to practically the innocence, we'll call them John. And uh, it's Mike's job to, uh, you know, give them advice on their issues and also tell me if uh, he knows the character, the property they're from, and the actor who played them. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, feel free to play along at home. Kevin Costner. Wow, you got it. The first John was Kevin Costner. Yes! All right. Um, so the first one comes to us from a friend of mine. Uh, we'll, we'll call him John. Okay. Um, he's... He's an orphan. And okay. So far, so good. His family doesn't trust him because, you know, he's... He's an orphan. His family. Okay. Yeah. And so eventually they they send him away. And he becomes a paladin of sorts. Okay. And he's just shit at following the code. Like, he breaks every single rule within, like, the first six months of him becoming this border guardian paladin. Okay. Wait. I mean, yes, eventually he does end up leading this group of paladins. But... Oh, well, obviously, obviously. But I, who? What? What's his problem? The problem is, is he wants to know if, while breaking the rules of his oath, does he deserve this role of leadership within this group of paladins? Ah. Okay. So you're not stra- staying true to your own code, however, people are still looking to you for leadership. You are still guiding this 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 band who ostensibly all should be following the code. Right. When you yourself have not. Then Okay, I don't I don't know what your code is. I don't know who this is. I don't know what your code is. You know, celibacy. No, no, no. I'm that that part's that part's irrelevant. I'm just gonna say uh, that then you know work to change the code. If you feel that you're still doing doing good, if you feel that what you're doing is is proper, 
uh, and right and is, is doing the greatest amount of good out there, then maybe the code is not is not what it should be. Maybe right. maybe that that's, that's an artificial structure that would, needs some examination and revision. I think that, you know, the, the biggest part of your oath is, you know, keeping the undead out. So as long as you're upholding that, I think, I think you should be all right. I, I am at a loss. You're going to be upset. I know I'm going to be upset. It's John Snow. Oh, it's Jon Snow. Oh. From Game of Thrones, played by Kit Harington. Yes, well, I, I know that part. <laughs> Apparently not. Darn it. Jon Snow. Oh. Yeah, paladins of a sword. I mean, it's... The... I, I, I didn't want to... Paladins right. is the only way I can say it without fully just right. giving it away. Right. No, no, I get it. I get it. But it, it is it is guardians. Yeah. Who have taken an oath that have yeah, no, and you're John Snow broke every single rule. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, but he also knows nothing according to some redheads. Uh-huh. Oh man. I am still I don't know. I'll still give you a point for the advice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, my, um, I don't know. I, I'm sitting here thinking about how much I, uh, I have mixed feelings about Game of Thrones and how resentful I am of the the whole the last the whole thing. I haven't watched the last season. I haven't watched a lot the of last. Say don't. I haven't watched the last two or three seasons, and I've heard just enough about them. Like I don't know how it really ends for sure. I have vague ideas in my head just from from the zeitgeist, but I don't want to read the last book if it comes out. Uh-huh. You know, he may write it someday, he may not, but you know, it's I'm, kind of already been told I'd, and I'd, resolved. I'd, I'd encourage people to read the books because according to him, the show has taken a completely different direction than he wanted to go. So, to me, it sounds like the difference between the original Full Metal Alchemist anime and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, there you go. There's there's a relatable analogy for me. Um, I'm only I'm only vaguely aware of one Full Metal Alchemist, so therefore uh, the the Brotherhood series follows the manga exactly, while oh, I see what the original saying. anime got ahead of the manga in production, so they branched off and took a completely different path. I get you. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever wind up reading it. It just, I don't know. It's it's such, it's it's a lot of work to read mm-hmm. a Game of Thrones book. So, uh, I don't know that I'll ever finish it up, but we'll see. Right? Who knows? I probably not though. All right. Uh, the next one comes to us from a friend of mine. We'll call him John. Okay, I've got this one. I can and, do this. Uh, one. John has been given superpowers. Got it. Do you? Uh, yeah. I have. All right, cool. Well, let me get to the question. Okay. Um, uh, he's been given these powers, and he doesn't really want them at all. But some people feel that he should be obligated to use these powers for good to save people. If you have superpowers, do you have a civic duty to use them to help people? Okay. First off, I'm going to need you to back up. When I said got it, 
Well, I'm, I'm bluffing. I like there's oh, okay. in, in my head. I've got two people it could be right away, but um, yeah. What, what's your guess? Well, first let's let Mike have his guess so that we're not having outside influences here because you don't have lifelines here, my dude. Well, no, I was going to say, you can back up and give me the original description you were going to give me. Right, 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 and, and I'm going to. Um, yeah, in exchange for these powers, he does not remember who he was. So it's okay. not like he has ties to any previous life that okay. are stopping him, but but he also just doesn't feel like he should be obligated to use his powers to save people. Um. Huh. Now I'm not so confident. I mean, look. Do does having superpowers obligate you to use them to help others? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have superpowers, do you have to be a superhero? Well, okay, obviously. No, you don't have to. Can't I just be the guy who works in the office who just happens to have superpowers? But I also feel like like you should be working to make the world a better place in some capacity. And if you have superpowers, I mean, like, I mean, technically, technically, if you were Superman, wouldn't the most good you could do be standing there Working some gigantic generator and and producing so, unlimited power for the earth. So what you're you saying know? is, but those but that who would have, be ridiculous to ask of someone. Given gifts, my guess, and powers are now should, should feel obligated to put in more work than non-powered people. No, 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 not more work. Oh yeah, mom's got it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um No, I don't I don't think they should be required to put in more work. I think everyone should make an effort to make the world a better place, to be kind to people, to do good things, to not not be a dick, not but screw not, things up. Not necessarily stop speeding trains. Not necessarily, however, if you have certain abilities, then when I say the you know, they, they you don't have to put in more effort than someone else, well, how much can you do with the same amount of effort as a normal human being? I did not think of what would be the same amount of effort. Right. So to to oh, me God, I see where you're getting at. To me it's like I, yeah, and, and and also remembering that there is emotional work in in putting yourself in in emotional and traumatic situations, even if there's no particular danger to you because of the nature of your powers, and I don't know what your powers are, um, even without... Basically, Superman. Yeah, even without... uh, Even without that, it's still... You know, it still is traumatic to see others going through whatever. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of variables to weigh. Uh This is all me stalling because now I'm upset that she's got it and I don't. Um. The hint I can give you is that the question itself is the plot of the property. Really? Yep. 
Just give me the damn thing. Played by a black man. Oh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. It's John Hancock. From Hancock. From Hancock. Oh, God. Played by Will Smith. I love Hancock. I love that movie. That movie was so ahead of its time. It it. wound up... Wow, that's that's what it sounds like when the microphone wobbles on the table. Um, I love that film. And I feel like when it came out... It was doing this this uh, meta critical look right. at superheroes before everyone else started doing it, and I I thought it had a lot to say As then. I and said, I still, the question itself was the plot of the movie, and I still love that film. I just rewatched it recently, and at first I'm like, am I still going to like this? Am I still? Uh, and it was by the end of I it, mean, I liked it besides, even more than the first. Movie. Besides a few drops of homophobic slurs, yeah, yeah. There's there's ah. But also, he's not—he's not morally obligated to be a good guy. Yeah, it, there was. Uh, darn it! I feel really bad that I missed that. Well, you've got a uh, two, two points. Two out of eight points. Yeah, because so because the, the advice is gimmies every time. That doesn't even count. not necessarily. You you missed one pretty hard. Would it Go help for if it. you gave him his first name? Yes, uh, you know what? I'll start giving you their first names. <laughs> Um, all right. The next one comes to us from a, an, an older friend of mine. Uh, his name is John. And John runs... I don't know if he works for the government. But it is a group of espionage mercenaries. Mm-hmm. And he's come under fire recently because... He only seems to hire extremely attractive women for okay. for this for this group, mm-hmm. and the way he has them speak to and about him seems kind of gross. John? Yeah, John. John. Yes. And, you know, he, it's, he, he's looking for a way to change this sexist image that's kind of out there about his organization. Okay. And I think it would help if he had, you know, more than just, you know, three employees, but that's besides the point. No. No, no, no hold on. No. All right. First off, d- does he need some advice from me? Yes, he, he's looking for a way to change his image. Oh, that's what he's doing. Okay. So, to, a, a way to you know look less sexist while kind of keeping the the mission statement and original intent intact. You're, all right. Uh, first off, um, uh, my advice is, I don't know, hire some dudes. Ba- balance it out. If, or don't have them... I, I don't know. Right, it, it, it seems like everything's just no, stacked hiring, against hiring, hiring women seems to be the way to do this. I mean, I don't want to tell you that you should not hire women. No, so take that one back. Um, I, I, I think, I think, you know, 
having them talk to you in such a unprofessional manner might be a good start. Because that seems a little off-putting and icky to me. You're right, I'm not going to get the advice on this one because I don't know... I don't know the property, therefore I'm not... Because you're describing Charlie's Angels, but then that would be Charlie. So, don't look at me like that. Don't don't give anything away with your eyes, stupid. Um, oh, I might be describing the wrong character then. Shit, fuck. Because Charlie is the guy in charge, and... Uh, isn't it Bosley? Is the middleman? Is, and is that John Bosley yes, there? Yes, John Bosley. Okay. There you go. I didn't right. know his first name was John. Sorry. I mean, hey, I you still got it. we're talking about John Forsyth. Now, here you go. Yeah, Char- this- Charlie, we never see. Charlie is just a voice on the phone. Right. Okay, so here we go. You ready? And Bosley is the guy in... Okay. In- this is where you can make up some of your points. Uh-huh. I will give you a point for every actor that has played John Bosley that you can give me. Because you have no. four out of twelve points right now, I I do not remember. Right, look, was the original Charlie's Angels? Don't remember. Yep. The movie Charlie's Angels still don't remember. You're gonna be mad at a couple of these. Oh, I don't, I know. Okay, but original is David Doyle. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have gotten that. The second one is Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. And the third one is Patrick Stewart. Really? Yep. I never saw that one. And then the fourth one is Ramon Rodriguez. Wouldn't know. So there you go. Wow. God. All right, I should have gotten Bill Murray. You're right. Uh, You have uh, gotten four out of 12 points. This is not one of your uh, proudest weeks, but... No, that's okay, though. That's yeah. okay. I'll live with it. Um, I mean, some of this was on me for describing the wrong character. But, uh, no, 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 no. You still got there. Yeah, still still got a little bit. All right. Fine. Um, now... And now it's time for round two. <laughs> no. No. Uh, now it's my friend Steve. <laughs> uh-oh. Now it's my friend Jane. Get the little ones out of the room. Make sure you're sitting down for this. Nerd rage came flashing back, and I just looked at him and went, That's right, it's time for some nerd rage. Uh, And actually, these are all going to be little rages. In fact, you could have put your your, uh, feeding stray cats here. I could have. Would have been an appropriate place for it, because it's just a list of stuff that I've been thinking about lately, and all of them can be kind of ragey. All right, I want to just revisit uh, The Punisher, because Uh I've already talked about The Punisher, and... How the military has a strange obsession. I, we were just at a craft fair thing, and they're selling gigantic Punisher skull-shaped clocks. And the Punisher skulls are filled in with the American flag. Or, even worse... The, the, the thin blue line flag? No. Even worse, an orange and black version of the American flag with the Harley Davidson logo over the top on top of a Punisher skull. All right. America! Please. (laughs) Riding a jet ski. So, for God's sake. On the back of an eagle. For God's sake, people. The Punisher 
stands for the exact opposite of law and order. The Punisher stands for punishment and vengeance and not, not, not proper law and order. So the fact that law enforcement, law enforcement is using Punisher skulls on their police cruisers, on their insignia, is, is just grotesque because he represents a failure of the law in his own eyes such that he is going to mete out justice to criminals entirely on his own outside of the system of law and order. That is, do you not, do you not get that? Things can't change. <laughs> he is, ah, oh, he is terrible. His yeah. name is the Punisher. Yeah, okay, do you either, remember? Either that's a vigilante or the worst dominatrix ever. Or the best, depending on who you are. I mean, do you remember the skit with the Nazi SS officers asking, "Hey, hey, are we the bad are guys? We the bad guys? I mean, the skull insignia. Yeah, we keep putting skulls on everything, and we. I mean, the whole black motif. Are we just? Are, are we the bad guys? Yeah, you got. Oh, people got to stop doing that." It just, it drives me nuts. Absolutely drives me nuts. I know I brought it up here before, but but it has become so commonplace. Uh, here's a Harley Davidson Punisher rim for your motorcycle. Yes! That's exactly what oh, we that, want. That, that's the wrong image that I clicked. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, see, please, please quit putting the pun. And you know what? In fact, not just the Punisher, but can we, as a rule for our military... And and our police, can we just not use skulls? Can we? Um, uh, anyway, Ooh, it, how about this Punisher wind chime bell? Oh God! Oh God! That's terrible. What's the What's the green stripe in that American flag? Uh, supporting our nation's leprechauns. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to <laughs> defund the leprechauns. So um, that is terrible. All right. Anyway, that's enough. I've made my point about. The Punisher skills. The Punisher does not represent uh, anything about. I mean, look, as Jacob pointed out, he's got a neighbor who flies not only the thin blue line flag to support the police um, and support, like like he's got flags for support the police, support the military, and then another flag that says "Don't tread on me," which is telling the government to stay the hell out of my life my life and quit interfering with my stuff. So are you for or against government? Right. And so the, the idea is you, you got to pick a side here. Are you, are you, are you pro government authority and respecting government or are can, you anti, I mean, can I slip into uncomfortable topics real quick? Maybe. Okay. Go for it. So I, I, I sent you a, a whole TikTok about this, about how flying the American flag has changed perception. Yeah, yes, over it has. Years. For for many many people, if I if I remember this conversation, if I see someone flying the American flag from the back of their truck, I am almost positive I know what that person stands for, and I don't like it. Yeah, in general, well, okay, in general, anyone who's flying multiple flags. All at once, and it's not a holiday. Uh huh. 
yeah, they're probably trying to make a political statement by doing so. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Because um, it, it seems like the people who are the most proud to wave the flags are the ones with the loudest, wrongest opinions. Well, and it's why I, I appreciate, um, about a year ago, just around the corner from our house, was someone who on their lawn flew an American flag, and underneath the flag was uh, a sign that said, that said, Grammarly can help you. Apparently Grammarly can help. <laughs> Grammarly can help. Uh, Not sponsored. They, they flew an American flag on their lawn, and underneath it was a sign that said, I I am proudly pro-America, but I am also anti-Trump. Saying that, look, just because I don't agree with your politics doesn't mean I'm un-American. And it, there's very much an effort by some people to try and say that if you don't agree with my politics, then you are un-American. And they try and tie right. the flag into that. And they try and... And, oh, if you don't agree with my politics, then you don't support our troops. How can anyone not support I our troops? Support the, I mean, I, I think we should, you know, <laughs> take a lot of the funding out of our massive overblown well, military. Well, yes, yes, but it's, yes, I support the troops. I support individual soldiers, but sometimes I don't support the missions that we are sending them the on. military-industrial complex. Right. See, like that—that's that's. And you're allowed, and you're allowed to disagree with the politics of the situation without it meaning that you, for, for you, you hate the troops, or you hate America, or you hate our cops, or for you people hate... who are like, I don't want socialized medicine because I don't want my tax dollars going to to other people's medical bills. My response is always, I don't want my tax dollars going to an overblown military that's sitting there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not doing nothing. Well, it's getting out of Afghanistan. That's what it's doing. It, it is sitting there to be intimidating. It, but if, yes. we, if, if we have the money, we can allocate that to other places, and other countries know that we could mobilize that force if need be, well, and, and we could still be an intimidating it's also, force. It's also not a guns or butter situation. It's not a matter of, of we have to choose either having the strongest military on Earth or supporting social programs and education right, and other stuff. Because we can, we have, and in fact, in the past, we've shown we can have the strongest military on earth and we can also be right. supporting people and, and, and um, but with giving the, to good causes around the world. And But with the right, the, the, the right wing shift that is constantly going on, is the right wing is slowly breaking down the left and making more left-wing politics less acceptable over the years. It actually... I don't know. That, 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 that branches off into a whole different conversation right. where I think on both sides, I think there have been some more extreme ideas or ideas that, that five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago would have been seen as extreme that are now becoming more acceptable. You mean like uh, trying to overthrow the government on January 6th? No, well, I was thinking uh, gay marriage. I was thinking socialized medicine. I was thinking these are things that you couldn't, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you couldn't have gotten elected almost anywhere in this country advocating for socialized medicine or advocating for gay rights, gay marriage, or, and yet now you can. And I do appreciate that as someone part of the Alphabet Mafia. And so, 
Yeah, exactly. So therefore, there are um, there are ideas that have seemed extreme in the past, and again on both sides of this that are becoming more acceptable now. So it's there's a there's a weird balance of stuff. But yeah, I don't. Um, okay, may, maybe this has gotten too far into. Yeah, I was, I was, I was I'm say, we, we've taken a walk uh, back to flags. There's a flag here in town <laughs> that is. We uh, <laughs> weed again. <laughs> It's it's almost like I have a mild stutter or something. Anyway, um, uh, there's a flag here in town that is the American flag in blue and orange, and instead of stars, it's the Cubs logo. Right? No, no. It was yeah. I look. I saw that one. I can't remember which where I saw one like that where I kept seeing an American flag except it's blue and orange. And I'm like. Blue and are you sure it's Cubs? Because I don't, I didn't, I thought it might have been New York or it was, uh, I can't remember which, because Cubs is blue and white, I think. I don't remember. Um, but I know I've seen some of those that are done up in different colors for Husker God, I wish the related stuff. Didn't suck. Right? Um, but yeah, it was just weird to see. Oh, no, you're right, it is blue and white. Then what was the freaking logo I saw? It was some blue and orange. I, I saw blue and orange. And, um, and, all right, everyone's typing, so I, I was pausing there because I thought someone was going to pop in with an answer. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, but internet is slow. I'm looking up vocabulary words for my students. Okay, yeah, vocabulary words, sure, but isn't this flag more important? The Chicago Bears. Bears. That's why it was Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Bears have Cubs. I was close. <laughs> That's why the baseball team is called the Cubs. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anywho. Um, my next one. I believe it was from Jack's Films. And at one point... We, we've, been, we've been referencing Jack's Films an awful lot, huh? Yeah, weird, right? So I mean, he is a wonderful creator and a wonderful man. Jack Films is a YouTube. Uh, I, I know he's never going to do this, but uh, contact us. We'd love to have you. So, uh, Jack Films made a reference to, and it just flashed up a graphic, and then made a reference to the the four acceptable pairs of dad shoes. Yep. And the only three of them I remember are the three that I own. Was the fourth one Crocs? I don't. I maybe it was Crocs. I have no idea. But it was uh, white New Balance sneakers, which um, I I have the all white sneakers, and they're actually Skechers. They're not New Balance. But when I first bought them, uh, I bought them because we were going somewhere where I was going to be doing a lot of walking. I wanted some comfortable shoes. Skechers are wonderful uh, for for the uh, for the plantar fasciitis. I love Skechers for shoes. And so I wanted to get these tennis shoes. And before I got them, I'm like, these would be perfect for what I want. But this is what my dad wears. My dad wears white sneakers everywhere. Do I want to be this old man? And I'm like, I'm going to. I don't think you have a choice at this point. I'm, I'm going to. So I bought. I bought the gray in your beard is spreading. So I bought the white sneakers and I still love them. But they're very, I knew they were dad shoes when I bought them. Uh, and it just, now, well, now was, Jack's Was this the Cotty's Fish Flip Flops? I then number two was it was the fish flops? No, it definitely wasn't the fish flops. See, but there's the white New Balance. Yeah. Um, second pair of shoes is just black 
black fabric shoes, no laces, just nice slip-ons. You uh, bought me a pair of those. Yeah. And they're comfy. Those are those are my work shoes. I love those. I wear those everywhere. Also Skechers. And then... Uh, Birkenstocks. No, the third pair is the sandals, but this, they're strappy enough that they cover almost your entire foot. Yeah, Birkenstocks. No, no, not Birkenstocks. Those aren't Birkenstocks. They are, um, but I have the the pair of them that I owned were slightly too small for me. And so uh, I gave them away to Noah, whose feet are larger than any of my other children. And uh, and he loves them, and he calls them his sand dads. And, and he loves those shoes. Um, but it just, it just, I put this in rage uh, because it just really, really annoys me that, yes, uh, he, he put up, here's all of the acceptable dad shoes. He and called I, you out and was completely right. And he was 100% right, except for the fact that all of my shoes were Skechers and, and the ones he was showing weren't. But I mean, like, other than that one little logo on it, everything else was identical. Um, okay, here's my next one. Uh, Danny DeVito. Okay, oh, this is, is, is this, this mine? Is that, yeah, this is actually yours. So, uh, Nabisco... Yes, uh, a bunch of their bakeries are on strike right now for you know the things you employees go on strike for. It's been uh, you know uh, long hours, no breaks, uh, no benefits. Right, right. Nabisco is striking. Right, and uh, Danny DeVito sent out a tweet in support of the people on strike. Yes, saying. Uh, uh, it was something like, uh, no representation, no snacks. Right. And it, it was a whole and paragraph. So your, and then, your rage is that you think Danny DeVito should keep his nose out of other people's business. No, that's I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Twitter's opinion, because after making that tweet, Twitter removed his verification. Upon making a political statement, a political statement, quote, quote, okay. Twitter has decided that it is appropriate to remove Danny DeVito's... And Trump little, saying, how do you like little, little blue check mark. Yeah. Okay, now... Which means that... Go, well, that blue check mark means a lot. Yeah, I know it does. And... Because that means every time you make a tweet... And in response... I looked, I looked all this up because you brought it up. And official, officially, Twitter has let everyone know that, yes, he did lose his verification, but it had absolutely nothing to do with what he was tweeting. It was because there was incomplete information in his profile that needed to be verified uh, on his part before uh, we could reinstate the blue check. Now, mm-hmm. the fact that he's had a Twitter account for 12 years yep, and he's been verified forever and never had any problem at all until the moment that he makes a, a political statement about unions. Um, yeah, and it was not... And, yeah, it was nothing... Unions should not be a political thing. Well, it is. But even then, what he said was, we should support the workers. I mean, it was literally support the workers. It wasn't... He didn't didn't go on about how evil Nabisco was. He didn't denigrate anybody. He just said, we should support workers. And he said, in in this case, support support the Nabisco workers. And, And even though Twitter says it's just a... A horrible coincidence that he happened to sure it is happened to have this double check just at that moment, but yes, I'm, I'm my guess 
is that someone somewhere was furious at Danny DeVito, not through Twitter, but somebody then filed with Twitter and said, hey, how do you even know for sure that this is Danny DeVito? Because we don't have, you know, I can't see any of this information. How do you know? And so someone had to run an audit of some sort and, and thus they pulled his verification until everything got completed, which was still a really boneheaded maneuver on their part Look, and certainly looks I looks don't terrible. trust a damn thing a corporation says because YouTube broke my trust. The fact that... Okay, see, but at least YouTube, you can understand that, that, that YouTube screwed a bunch of people over because there was a lot of money to be made for them. As opposed to this, there was no, there was no gain for Twitter but, in in punishing, quote unquote, punishing Danny DeVito right. for for supporting workers who are asking for for better conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no profit in it for them. So I don't understand why. Um, I understand why that would have happened in that case. I just don't get it. But. Um, but yes, it's certainly, I, I mean, like I said, despite their, their protests, yeah, it's definitely because of the, right. what he said. However it came, up, came into being, it's because he said something, and then some process went into motion, and so they pulled his verification. Right. And it, it's, part of me feels like, yes, it was brief, but it, Twitter was trying to send a message. Okay. Next topic. Still under rage. We uh, did we finish the last topic? Yeah, we we're talking about Danny DeVito. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I just completely lost what they're saying. I just did. Okay, we've just paused <laughs> twice now. Um, did I tell you what the next topic was going to be? No. Okay, then I'll change it. Um, oh, <laughs> Jacob just sent a thing to me the other day and said, "Oh my God, did you hear the outrage about Gonzo? You haven't." All right. My first thought was, oh, God, is this a D's nuts joke? I better go look this up. <laughs> it's, it's always, anytime anyone in the family group chat says anything, I'm like, is this a D's nuts joke? Yeah, I'm getting really tired of it. So, Oh, no, you're not. You love it. No, I don't. I My, my one from Sugan was really good. Come on. Yeah, I, I know. I'm Diggers B. I'm Diggers B. All right. Oh, which, by the way... My friend thinks you're really cute. Uh, I'm big as me. You didn't even warn me! Well, you just reminded me that uh, <laughs> that Kyle's critique of the last episode... Uh, oh, you know, even though what he did a year ago? Yeah, I'm Diggersby. Um, he said, every time you said Diggersby... He would have swore you were starting into a a racial slur, and it was really off putting. So <laughs> there's a D in there. I oh. I thought it was clear. Oh, right. Um, Never. Right. How weird. I am right? not Monty Python. I swear. Yeah, yeah. Monty Python had that in one of their scripts, and the uh, the name the name of one of the characters was that racial slur. Um, it was a Mrs. And then it, it was it, it was more involved than that, but it, it used the racial slur in her name. It was never said on screen. It was never part of the actual character, uh, but the the name was in the background. 
Um, and it was weird. So anyhow, uh, I had to bring up that critique. But um, Does he play Pokemon? But, yeah. All right. Um, but then, uh, the point about Gonzo, it was not a D's Nuts joke. It turns out that, that, he, that he my s- chickens. No, okay, see, are there? That's that's good. My first my first thought was these nuts, and then my second thought was, oh god, someone's finally outraged that Gonzo's you know, been been screwing chickens for years. Um, it's like it's like God, can a guy just be a chicken fucker? Is that just not you know? <laughs> I mean, as long as it's consensual, it seems like... I mean, he married the one, right? His longtime girlfriend, and he married her, and I mean... It's See, look, 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 St. Saint, Saint Joey the Goat Fucker, I mean, it's weird. He fucked one goat, and it was his name for life. No one calls him Gonzo the Chicken Fucker, Right? he's fucked hundreds. We don't know that. We know that he is attracted to them, and we know that he eventually married one. Just like Kermit's attracted to pigs? What is this dynamic in the Muppets? Because they're very... Yeah, they're very open. Okay, so it turns out that that is not that is not what the outrage was about. Is it that his nose looks like a penis? No, the outrage is that a recent episode of the Muppet Babies featured the, a recent episode of the Muppet Babies. I don't know where you're getting recent episodes of the Muppet Babies, but apparently they're making them. Features them putting on a party. With a, a theme of, of it being some kind of royal ball, and uh-huh. and so everyone's getting dressed up in their their formal wear to go to this royal ball. Muppet babies dressing up for a fake party in uh-huh. in their imagination. Wasn't right. it all about imagination on that show? I don't remember. Um, I, none of my kids were really into Muppet babies, but Gonzo, baby Gonzo, can't choose what outfit. To wear, and eventually settles on a princess dress, and decides to attend the ball as Gonzarella. Okay, that's the outrage. The outrage is that yeah, it's not it's not that the the man has been sexually attracted to chickens for the last five decades, no. or that his face is inherently phallic. Right. No, the outrage is that is that a kid pretended to put on a dress. And become a princess for the day. Who's outraged about it? Well, Fox News. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's... So Fox is the... Okay. So it's not real outrage. <laughs> well, and the... Um, and the the point is, is that the statements are, bring back the manly Muppets. Whatever happened to... Whatever... Any of the Eagles still there. And, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, which, which ones were the manly Muppets? And I'm thinking... Alf. Alf wasn't a Muppet. You shut up. Um, and so I'm thinking uh, Link Hogthrob. Um, what's uh, Sweetums? Yeah. So, my wife is, is marching slump-shouldered across her classroom. Uh, all but one of... I couldn't remember his name. All right, Sweetums... Sweetums is actually a pretty good example. I loved Sweetums. And all, he was, all but he was, one of the members of, of Electric Mayhem? Um, just a second. Sweetums was a gentle giant, though. All right. Uh, yeah, they were, but they were also weird. Really weird. I mean. Oh, really? What's weird about animals? I mean, honestly, Gonzo always 
do you know what do you know what Gonzo is? An alien? No. When asked to identify, because I always thought he may, he was maybe a vulture or he was a, and when asked what he was, his answer was always a weirdo. That's that's what he is, and and so so when. A lot of when, the, when he's asking if it's bowling for weirdos, he's asking to be included. Yes, I thought this was bowling for weirdos. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh no! And so, um, so yeah, most of the uh, you know manly Muppets like what Fozzie is that is that who we're going for? I mean, <laughs> if, if Fozzies are like standard for man, I think I'm pretty pretty set here. Ralph is kind of. Yeah, Rolf is pretty good. Probably sing songs and write. Yeah, he is. He is a musical theater major, so you know, um, which can be very manly for all oh, of my listeners who Elmo. are in the music. I'm just, Elmo, very manly Muppet. Um, and so I said, Ernie. I said, Oh yeah, yes, Bert and Ernie. 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 Well, I, no, no, no homosexual overtones there. I said to Jacob, I think Kermit is probably the most traditional masculine figure. Among them, you know, because you know he is he is he is heterosexual uh-huh. and he's you know uh, very much a leader, um, but he's also he's also a traditionalist. Yeah, but he's also uh, he's sensitive and caring and soft spoken and and this kind of stuff, um, like like much like Henson himself. I mean, Kermit really was Jim Henson, uh, and so Jacob said something about about okay, um, maybe Statler and Waldorf. No, they're gay. And I said, and I said, you mean the two old queens who who spend every weekend at live theater being catty to the performers? Is that is that who you're talking about? And Jacob says, well, wait, wasn't one of them married? I mean, isn't Waldorf's Waldorf's wife like Astoria or something like that? And I'm like, oh my god, no, I remember that episode, and I looked it up, and sure enough, no, once Waldorf's wife Astoria showed up. And it was Statler in drag. It was literally like the joke. The joke was, "Oh my God, his wife looks exactly like Statler." But I mean, come on. So it's canon that they're gay. It was. Ah, uh, so anyway, um, there. And then Jacob also showed me a 1984 comic strip, uh, like a newspaper comic strip, when the Muppets had a newspaper. Comic strip, weird. Uh, from 1984, and it shows Gonzo walking past, and he looks over, and there's the women's room, and he just keeps walking. There's the men's room, he just keeps walking. And then he comes across one that says, whatever, pushes his way in. So, back in 1984, almost 40 years ago, I mean, Gonzo was kind of questioning his, mm-hmm. his uh, well, not even questioning. He was okay with, yeah, whatever. Right, he's a weirdo. Look at how progressive the Muppets were. Look at how progressive the Muppets were. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's... They said, yeah, we should have a bathroom for the ones that... Right. Don't have necessarily... Right, right. Which leads me, by the way, directly to my next rant, which is that we just went to Riverboat Days, uh, and at Riverboat Days, they have porta-potties outside, Right, and most big outdoor events that I've gone to recently, the porta potties are just a big wall of porta potties. They did not gender their porta potties, and you just line up, and you go because it's a 
it's a single unit, and so you just go in. Riverboat days did not gender their porta potties. But I get it. But they had on in front of the actual restrooms that are there on site, where there's only like one or two stalls in each restroom, so it's not nearly enough to accommodate uh-huh. this big group. So out in front, there's now a lineup, and on the women's side was all pink porta potties, and on the men's side was all blue porta potties, and they weren't gendered because. There were some women who were lined up on the blue side and going into the blue okay. ones. All right. So that you did, you weren't required. I mean, they they, to. they were they were kind of gender stuff. But well, because if you stood back and looked, you could look at them and see that on the blue side, every porta potty had one or two people waiting, and on the pink side, there was a lineup of you know that was five, six, seven women deep to go back on the pink side, and so it was just weird. That why 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 did they choose just... colors now? To which for for female listeners who may have an opinion on this, my wife has defended this situation um, and said that look, it's it's nice that they're not gendered. If people want to go into whichever one, you know, if if women want to go in on the men's side and get in there faster, they can. Okay, I have but, an opinion. Yeah, don't make them pink. Don't make them blue. Make them standers and sitters. See, and there's, I'm fine. There's a good one because she says that when you wind up, if if you have the mixed gender ones like they do at our Fourth of July celebration every year, for example, that um, or men any any porta potty that men use tends to have urine all over everything, In especially the seat. Defense: If women could piss everywhere, they would. But they, but also men don't have to sit down, so therefore, right. I think it would be kind for men too. There's men that like to sit as well and don't me. like to stand right. urinate. Right, and they don't like to sit and so either. Thus, when Lisa had the option of the pink ones that were lined up with a bunch of women, or the blue ones uh, where you could get in faster. She opted to wait for the pink ones because she would rather not sit in someone else's urine or have to spend all this time in toilet paper cleaning the seats before she she went in. Um, so I get that. I totally get that. Which is also, I do appreciate that many of the modern porta potties now also have the urinal option. If you turn around right by the door, there's a little cup in the corner behind the hinges, and you can just go in there, and, it and then drains it just, right that way you don't have to peel all over the seat. But, it's also plastic. And also right next to your face when you sit down. And right next to where you're peeing. You're okay, peeing. once again, I I don't ever sit down in these things. So maybe if you could avoid sitting, you wouldn't have all these problems, Lisa. Yeah, buy, buy one of those weird pee funnels that you can buy. I don't have a problem with not making them gender. Right. Make them sitters and standers. Label them sitters and standers. That's a great idea. Um, now... Speaking of the funnel, God. The guys that sit don't generally make a mess. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? What are they could be what, considered what, standards? What were you doing? Rocking back and forth in my chair. Why? I don't know. I got a lot of energy. Weirdo. All right. Yeah, all right, you know what? You know, we need to move on. We need to move on. Um, the last one I have, and I just thought about this the other day, is 
uh, and, th- and this is me being very petty, and I, I hate to rain on anyone's parade, but for most people, almost everyone I know thinks that they have a very eclectic taste in music. Everyone I've met says, oh, no, I'm, I'm weird. I like, I like all sorts of music. I, just, I like everything. All right, and they say that, and, it's, and they fall into two categories of people. You know what? I actually do know for a fact that I have an eclectic taste in music because one of the genres I like is called electro trash. Okay. And but I, here, once the podcast is over, or now if you'd like, I can play you some electro trash. I don't need to hear it. I'm just saying, most people, though, uh, who, who talk, who make it a point of pride that they like all sorts of music, they always, it's always, almost always, qualified into two camps. It's like, oh, I like just about everything. Except rap, okay, or, um, and that's generally uh, older people, um, or, well, or Ben I, Shapiro, <laughs> right, or Ben Shapiro. Who thinks that rap is uh, is made by and for uh, uneducated people? Or the other the other camp is the oh no, I like I like just about anything. I mean, except country. See, there are country songs I like. Yeah, see, and me too. But here's the other thing: is that I also. I do like a lot of different types of music, and I used to think that that was that was odd, and that there was something unusual about me that I liked all sorts of different sorts types of music, and I was kind of proud of that. And then as I got older and, and ran into more people who all say they have the exact same thing, I realized, oh no, I'm not unusual. In fact, my problem is that one of my my wannabe nerdisms is I want to be more of a music nerd. I wish I had more musical knowledge so I could have. Uh, more appreciation of different styles because there's all sorts of music that I just know I'm not, I, I don't have enough exposure to, to actually appreciate. I mean, right. I can listen to it and go, Oh yeah, that's, that's pleasant, yeah, but not really groove down with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Get it's, really it's, into it's it. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. You're, you're the worst. You're the worst human being. Uh, I have just been delivered starburst. So yeah, she's rewarding you for this behavior. That's what I don't get. What behavior? Being He's obstinate, being a jerk. I even gave you one of my red ones. I appreciate that. Ugh. Okay, well now, now my rage has been diffused. I've got nowhere to go from here. Starburst? No, no, that's all right. I'll let you eat um, while I do all the talking. Yeah. So, um, that's the last one I got. You got any other rages? Uh, no. But I do have a cheese Netflix. Really. Yeah, just one, though. Okay, all right. Uh, geez, Netflix has a lot of crappy horror movies. And boy, do they ever. And here's one. Um, I watched Brightburn. Right, and it's a movie whose basis is, yeah, what if Superman, you know, wasn't just morally a saint to begin with? The, the, the... What, what, if, what if Superman was an actual person and right. not... I've seen Brightburn, and the idea is, what if Superman's origin story is exactly true, but then instead of being Superman, it is an actual child who grew up invulnerable with superpowers and zero consequences for his actions. What kind of person is that? But they even pointed out in the movie that he had sociopathic tendencies before he found out he had superpowers. That's true. Because they found old pictures of organs under his bed. That's true, because he was... Oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, yeah. I mean, it's what? an old movie. Come on. 
not that old, dude. Um, hey, we just watched Ghostbusters. Listen, for those for those of you who have not seen Brightburn and you don't want any spoilers, uh, back up about two minutes and stop listening, and then fast forward five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, sorry um, about that. They they know that there's potential spoilers in these Netflix. Seen they know there's potential spoilers. Brightburn was amazing. I've never seen oh, it. Yeah, I know you haven't seen but, it. I wish you had watched it with me, but you were sleeping. There, it is a horror movie where I am constantly rooting for the villain. Well, yeah, yeah. Up until up until the very end, I was rooting for him. No, and then at the end, I'm like, no, I don't. I I, I really I want to see I want to see this come to an end. I uh, really do. And uh, but, but yeah, Brightburn is a, to me yes great movie. It is a good exploration of the concept it was trying to explore, but what fascinates me is, in his head, he's still a hero. Uh-huh. He is delivering justice to those who deserve it. That's true. So all of this, in his head, he's still Superman in his own head. Uh-huh. Well, performing these horrible, horrible murders. Uh-huh. All of which extremely pre- premeditated. Uh huh. Because yeah, well, that was that was the part where it started to get super creepy. Like when you think again, these knew, are all spoilers. When, he knew he was going to have to laser his dad through the face. When when you when you saw this going on and you thought that okay, this is a kid who didn't know what was happening, and thus we wound up with. Okay, I can see how this was an accident and how he tries to cover it up and how I thought. And then you find out that, no, no, it's not at all. Right. The fact that she found the drawing of the dad getting lasered through the face before the dad got lasered through the face. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Have you watched Invincible yet? I have not. Okay, no, don't 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 feel bad about that. I've watched the first two episodes of Invincible. What's it on? HBO Max? Uh it's on Prime. And I don't have Prime. What? I don't have Prime. Oh no. I'm sorry. You need to get Prime. Darn it. Okay. Um I've I've only watched two episodes, but I watched it with Noah because he really loves it. But I can't convince him to keep watching episodes with me because I want to watch them all. And so I may just have to talk to him about this. Um, how about Jupiter's Legacy? Uh, about what? Jupiter's Isn't Jupiter's Legacy just being real big? No. No. Ju- no. Jupiter's Legacy is a... Like, like planet. Invincible is, a, is an animated uh, superhero tale about uh, a kid whose dad is essentially Superman. It's sky high. Um and then you watch, and you have to get to the end of the first episode, and then you decide if you want to watch the rest of the series, which you absolutely will, um, if you ever get Prime. But, um, or if you ever come to my house to watch it. But, uh, Jupiter's Legacy is also about um, a kid whose dad is Superman, and he's dealing with his own superpowers. And it's a very similar premise at the beginning, uh, and you think they're going to be similar, and then they're not. This Jupiter's Legacy is a live-action uh, bit, and after eight episodes, I realized that, oh, they didn't answer anything. Oh, oh, this is going to be an ongoing, oh, God, I'm going to have to watch multiple seasons of this. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board for that. We'll see what happens when uh, season two comes out. 
if I decide to, to keep going with it. But um, or the boys. Mm-hmm. How much of the boys have you seen? All of it? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, the boys again. It's also on Prime though. So um, look, season one of the boys was great. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. But now it's... Look, the new season of Call of Duty just dropped, and I don't have a lot of time to watch. (laughs) Look, I would love to, but I'm spending like four hours a night just walking around (laughs) catching Pokemon. So, I don't know. So, look, I, I still have that, like, gut reaction whenever I mention I play Call of Duty. Yeah, you should be ashamed. To be like, oh, you play Call of Duty? Uh-huh. But I mean, they just released D twos. Uh-huh. I, I can dual wield shotguns. Uh, because for years and years, uh, Jacob and Aiden both were in the camp that Call of Duty was every game's the same. It's yeah, it's, it's unoriginal. It's just Gunny McShoot. Yeah, that it was. It was. It and was a video. It was a shooting, a team shooting video game for people with no sense of originality or creativity. Blah blah. And blah, again. Blah. I, I feel like... They were very elitist. I feel like the the uh, online competitive mode is still very toxic and nothing I want to touch. Right. But when it comes to, like, zombies and stuff where I get to play cooperatively with my friends to destroy Nazi zombies, it's a great time. I was going to say, zombies and Nazis still... No, no, not zombies and Nazis. Nazi no, zombies. No, I'm saying Nazis and zombies are, are two groups that you are still allowed to kill pretty well indiscriminately in yes. movies and video games. Um, and robots. Speaking so, of killing zombies indiscriminately, what was that movie where the zombies were land. starting to feel love and it was bringing them back to life? You mean the one with the... the, the was it the one that it wound up being a romantic comedy? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. What was the name of that one, Lisa? The, the romantic comedy zombie movie where the zombies were starting to feel love and it was bringing them back to life. It was, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. And the guy who starred in it, uh, Nick, was it Nick Holt? Whoever, whoever the guy who played Beast was from uh, Days of Future, uh, not Days of Future Past. Well, maybe Warm Days of Future Past. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. That was Thank it. you. Nicholas Holt, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. He played Beast in one of the the X-Men flashback yep. movies. Um, but yeah. Ew, that's a... In the context of a zombie movie, that's a that's a gross title. Warm Bodies? Ew. Yeah. Um, well, because eventually he felt love and then his heart started again. Right, but like, something. I like the concept. A concept that I've used a lot of times in my campaigns of, yeah, there's the undead. But if the undead go long enough without feeding, they become this even more feral, animalistic, right, hyper being, which is how I run vampires in my campaign. Uh huh. Where you have your race of regular vampires, they they exist, they live their lives, and people are okay with vampires. But the moment they go blood mad, and well, now you get your monstrous vampires that are actually a problem, and you send adventurers to kill them. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Warm Bodies inspired me in that way, but it's weird to say that. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it was. I don't know. That was the beginning of the. I think the the kind of zombie reaction movies where zombies have been around for so long uh-huh. and zombies have become so pervasive that it's time to start getting super zombies. Yeah, get, taking a meta look at zombies, uh, trying to find whatever you can do to get a different take on them. So Zombieland did a lot of the breakdown Thinking of it. of different takes, uh, there's a lot of things where even if you're remotely similar to a property, you'll be called a copy and a hack and all that, this, that, and the other. And I am kind of upset that 30 Days of Night took the whole Alaska thing. Because mm-hmm. the, the, being dark for a whole month is a great horror movie concept, and I'm so sorry it was wasted on 30 Days of Night. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you watched 30 Days of Night? Oh, almost 10 years ago? I think it might be worth rewatching, knowing that it's a flawed movie. I think it might be worth rewatching because as a horror movie aficionado, you know what? I'm putting I it on my list right now. Because the whole becoming a vampire to destroy the vampires bit. I I don't know how I don't know how I can't remember enough of the details to know how that would play out now, but I'm interested to revisit it. But see that that that's that's where my problem comes in. Because that just shows that them being vampires is secondary. Uh-huh. Them being assholes is their primary bad flaw. Well, true. Well, but also because, because if you can be a vampire and be a good guy, no, no. He now he was being a vampire, and he had just moments before he loses total control and becomes one of these bloodthirsty monsters. Um, and so it, it was a matter of you know you can you have the the abilities and resistances. You're getting to this point, and now, just before you lose your mind, can you save the day? All right. That's a gimmick that's been used in a lot of places. So, um, as we are reaching the end of this this section, I'm going to start doing something that I used to do with this, cheese Netflix. You're going to put them in order of of which ones you liked best? No. I'm going to give my promise for next podcast. Oh, okay. Because that was what was motivating me to actually watch these in my free time. So uh, next week, I will be watching, uh, well, reviewing The Endless, Colors from Outer Space, 30 Days of Night, and Overlord. Is it just color from space? It might be. Let me... I know what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's the, the Nick Cage one. Yeah, the Nick Cage one. Let me, let me Google stuff. Anyway. You didn't I watch Color from Space? You probably did. There is so many Nick Cage movies I need to catch up on. I don't think I no, I don't think I did watch that one. There are two current Cthulhu modern Nick Cage movies I need to see. I still haven't seen Willy's Wonderland either. I definitely need to see that. I know I haven't missed a Daniel Radcliffe film. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, have you seen Guns Akimbo? I have seen. I, have I seen Guns Akimbo? Oh. oh my God, is it so good? Oh, and real also real quick. Uh, before we move on, I was going to do a whole book report on this, uh, but instead of doing a whole book report, I'm just going to tell people, uh, read the Murderbot Diaries. There's a series of books by Martha Wells, and you can get to that in a second, and 
the books are called The Murderbot Diaries. There's, I think, six of them out right now. The first four tell kind of a, they're a cohesive unit. Each one's an individual story, but they're kind of a unit. And the first four are all novellas. So I listened to them on audiobook, and each book was like three hours. So they're easy to get through. And Murderbot Diaries are some of the best, funniest, most touching uh, uh, sci-fi books I've read in ages. So I highly recommend Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. Look them up. So why are you laughing? So I haven't watched horror movies in quite some time. Bright Burns the one I've seen the most recently, and it's been a while. So I've got a backlog of movies, uh-huh. and I'm reading through them. And I don't know where I got them, but they're on the list. Uh, let me just uh, read off a couple for you. Uh, Corona Zombies, uh-huh. made in the height of the pandemic over the course of seven days. Ugh. Uh, Uncle Peckerhead? Nope, never heard of it. Uh, Killer Sofa. Oh, God. Uh, Puppet Master the Little Reich? Wow. There's a whole series of Puppet Master films. So... I, I, don't, I, don't know where, of... I don't know where I found any information about these movies. You just like... added them to a list. <laughs> I, uh, okay, apparently, Corona Zombies has a sister movie. Because apparently this, this, this company only makes, like, modern event movies in, like, a week. But I can't, I can't get the information I want because the internet is garbo. Never mind, I found the information I need. The two sequels to Corona Zombies are Barbie and Kendra Save the Tiger King and uh, Barbie and Kendra Storm Area 51. Oh, they are so topical. Right? Wow, I bet those are... Uh, These movies are going to age really well. I, well, I watch them for the acting. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. You know what? You guys just are not uh, as enlightened. Right, we're not smart enough. Right, we're not smart not enough to understand enough, what's right. going on. Yeah. yeah. It's like Magnolia. Yes, exactly. Yeah, just not smart enough to get it. That's okay. Well, I get it. I mean, I'm not smart enough to appreciate it. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, anywho, your mom just reminded me. Because I was, like, the minute you're done with, with Netflix here, my next step was to read the credits. I forgot that we have R2 here. Right? And I forgot that it's time for the pod Omatic. Oh, you didn't have one? You're, oh, whoa, whoa. When you're the one working the button. Hot dog. <laughs> This is the Nerd Pride Radio Pod Omatic. At the end of every cast, we bring out R two, and he rolled a he rolls a random topic for us to talk about. Well, no, 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 no. We bring out R two and his fully pimped out automatic bubble. And he rolled. I was focusing on the singular topic. He rolls a random topic for us to talk about. And where do these topics oh, oh, come is, from? Oh, oh, is this is this the last one? Yeah, we we're only getting one today because it's hour and a half already, dude. Um, that just means it's a good podcast. And where do these topics come from, you ask? Well, that is where you come in. Do you want to hear us hey, wrong about something? You send your question or topic to us by email, or better yet, in a private message on my forum. They're all singular now. 
and you sound like an alien who heard English once. And I will add it to my Podomatic list. Podomatic is about whatever you want it to be. There we go. Uh, and our first number is... Eight. Eight. <laughs> that, is, that is the least enthusiastic number reading we've ever had. <laughs> it goes as a monster. It's from Ron. And uh, Ron says, What is your favorite change in Pathfinder 2nd Edition? That I haven't played it much. <laughs> Pathfinder 2nd second, Edition. Second um, I, I don't know. I, you know what? I haven't played in a while. And I... so now I'm struggling to... To uh, to remember the details of, uh, I like the skill evolution system with the squares. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that is an interesting and innovative way to run things. I'm not sure if I prefer it over. Uh, again, I'm a five E baby. Right. I, I don't know if I prefer it over the five E system, but it's definitely interesting. And once you get the hang of it, easy to understand. It re- it removes a lot of the accounting from it. Uh-huh. Which it's still... up your squares. Right. It still keeps up the progression, uh, the progression race that Pathfinder has always had, so that as you level up, you start, you know, you build in power so that you basically, you match stuff that is your level. And are completely outclassed by anything that's you know a couple levels higher or lower than you, um, and this this sort of keeps that same that same structure going, but makes it really transparent. It makes it really obvious that um, I mean, when basically you get your level as a bonus to almost everything. Um, it it uh, I, I like the process, but the transparency of it makes it uh, um, I don't know. There's something about that that, like, that kind of like, irks like, me like a little bit. Like your dad bit. becoming your mom, it's transparent. Yeah, that was a that was a TV show. Oh, was it? Yeah, transparent. You did not. Okay. You apparently, wow. Apparently, you don't keep up with the uh, with the LGBTQIA plus uh, media. So I will have. But this, tell you what, firstly, I, I am cancel this podcast. I am. I am here to educate you. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it reminds me, of, though, uh, of the, back in the original Villains and Vigilantes game, which I, I remember, Whoa. I know you played lots. Uh, I watched you play it. Yeah, Villains and Vigilantes, way back uh, in the day, uh, when I was a kid, one of the things that came up in that system was... That essentially you get to add your level as a bonus to every roll, so that the higher level superhero you were, um, the more ass you could kick just by nature of being a high level superhero. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I felt that, that was a really stupid idea, and and I was just <laughs> bless you, bless you twice, bless you three You're times. Yeah, <laughs> if she didn't sneeze three times, that's how we that's how we know she's been uh, replaced by an imposter. Asylum. So, thank you. There you go. That's the word I needed. Um, so everyone uh, knows Cylons are capable of sneezing three times in a row. And for years, I I railed against villains and vigilantes as a stupid system. And one of the examples I always held up is the idea that that uh, every time 
you level up, you just add your your level to every roll, and thus... Well, that's super simple, and I like that. Right. And now, in Pathfinder 2e, the way they've implemented it, I realize, oh yeah, they're just simplifying and, and making transparent a system that was already there. They're just making it a lot more obvious and easier to manage. And once uh-huh. I see it now as this evolution of stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense, but part of my gut is still going, but vigil- Villains Vigilantes is stupid. And well, so... I mean, that's what I thought about Call of Duty. You know what? We all we all learn and grow, don't we? Mm. See, look, I wish, I wish that D&D 5e was that simple. Uh-huh. D&D, now, D&D 5e did do some other simplifications. Yes, that, yes. Because uh, Pathfinder 2e still has a lot of, of customization options that, that 5e doesn't have that make it, there's a lot more things that can go into it. You have a lot more modifiers and, and things to factor in. And Pathfinder's D&D's solution to all this complication was, let's just cut out all this complication stuff and just go make it straightforward. It, it's less they cut it out and more made it optional. Right. Whereas Pathfinder said, well, we want to keep all of that, but let's, let's streamline it so it's easier to do the accounting for it. Let's right. make it easier. It's, it's still so the that, same meal. It's just easier to digest. Right, so that you don't have to sit down at every single roll and go, okay, uh-huh. let's let's add up my twelve modifiers and figure out where I am for this particular roll, which is going to be slightly different than the same maneuver one round from now. Right, um, that kind of thing. So, like it, I run a high magic campaign. Are you okay? Was there like a fly? What happens? <laughs> I, it, you I started know, freaking out for, for no reason. It felt it felt like a wet, slimy worm had been stuck in my ear, but then I turned around and there was nothing there. Oh, oh really? That's oddly yeah. specific. It was uh, almost like a tongue. Ugh. Oh. Okay. You better explain it wasn't Aiden, because that's really funny. I mean, it might have been. It was not Aiden. Aiden was still talking. So, <laughs> you know, my tongue is what I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> but running a high magic campaign makes me feel like I might as well just be running Pathfinder by the book. Mm-hmm. Because the numbers come out to be about the same. Right? Yeah, I am. Uh, anyway, um, was that a weird non answer to your question? I'm glad we could be there for you. We did no. I like, like. What do I have to say? Zero? If I only want one? There is no just one. (laughs) Oh God! They're like Pringles. Uh, Thirty. Highlander. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. There can never be only one. The the anti Highlander. Um, The Lowlander. Oh, now I feel bad about it. All right, thirty is from. Oh, it's from Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Kyle says, Banjo-matic. What do you like best about playing the banjo? I like when... uh, Now, again, I've stopped practicing my banjo. You should Um, get back into that. It's not broke. Yeah. And uh, I loaned it to uh, the the school play production uh, so that they could have a banjo. And um, they broke it. How'd so, they break it? 
Well, it was the 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 tuning peg for the um, or oh, whatever that bottom string is the short the short one. Uh-huh. Um, tuning peg popped out oh, no. and needs to be replaced. Uh, which it was already loose and it was the one that I had to I had to retune it a lot because it just it was not in there quite right. So uh-huh. it's not really I mean, their you still fault. Beat those kids though, right? Bring right. your banjo. Right. So I still. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I made him pay me three hundred dollars for it. So um, anyway, uh, what I like best about playing the banjo, um, I is there something very zen, very relaxing, uh, meditative about the banjo? Uh, I, I assume this is any musical instrument. There's a lot of repetitiveness in in mm-hmm. it that. Um, that I like, just closing my mind out to everything else and just focusing on just this, and I enjoy that. And then I also really like it when I play something and even I can recognize it as a song as I'm playing it because uh, banjo music has a very distinctive sound. And when I play the banjo, I don't hear that distinctive sound because I'm playing it slow enough that I'm not getting that that whole I don't know, that whole banjo musical quality to it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just too slow yet. I have to get a lot faster. And... Uh, and every now and then I get something where I finally have mastered this little particular bit and it's going fast enough. That I'm like, oh, hey, that's a song. That's a song. I could, yeah. I love that. For everybody else, it's just it's just and also, twanging strings for, for an hour and it gets really tedious the, for them. But for the, me. The banjo is also a decent self-defense. Because if you're playing a banjo, there is a 30% chance you have a gun. That's, that is not true. The musicians out of all musicians yes I was just about to get to this point out of all musicians banjo players have the highest kill count are you sure I would I would almost be willing to put money on drummers thank you on drummers having um, being more likely to uh, to have a weapon on them I'm just are you looking it up yeah which musicians kill more people And, and look, I, we, we make a lot of jokes about drummers, but uh, I don't think that's really fair. I don't, I don't know any drummers, so... Um, it's, it's the only instrument that you need only the brain of a caveman to play. That is not true. You can go full unga bunga and... That is so not true. Like, just because anyone can pick up drumsticks and bang on a drum doesn't mean anyone can play drums. I mean... Uh oh. What? I googled which musicians kill more people and a Wikipedia page called the Twenty Seven Club popped up. Oh. Oh, oh, okay, the Twenty Seven Club. Well that's just musicians who have killed themselves. Oh. Well, or musicians it that the Twenty Seven Club is musicians who died at the age of twenty seven. Famous musicians Musicians who, who have killed people. Here we go. Really? Yeah, it's it's all like musicians who have been murdered. No, I want Musicians who have murdered. Yeah, but this is not. No, this is only going to be famous people. This isn't going to be. This isn't going to be a valid statistical survey of of which member of your garage band is most likely to have shanked somebody. You know. All right. While he's doing that, uh, I'm going to move on. Which musicians are the deadliest? I, look, I'm going to move on to the credits, which means. Then I'm going to have to call out GLaDOS. I had to struggle to come up with her name. It's been so long. 
to call out GLaDOS to give us a recap of this week's episode so far. Remember when the platform was sliding into the fire pit and I said goodbye, and you were like, No way. And then I was all, we pretended we were going to murder you. That was great. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Nerd Pride Radio. The opening and closing theme is Death Metal Disco by Ian Cronkast, performed by Black Dove Underground. My bumper music this week was They Might Be Giants playing uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul for the one segment. I think that's everything we had. Look, all the music I use is available on a variety of music services. You should check it out, buy it, uh, listen to it, enjoy it. I wouldn't put that music in my podcast if I didn't love it myself. Uh, if you want to help out Nerd Pride, subscribe to this podcast and whatever podcaster you use and write us a great review uh, or a crappy review. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you say in as long as you give it the five stars because that's what tricks the algorithm into guiding people to us. And that's all we really want. But if you want to do something super nice for this podcast, recommend it to your friends. You're enjoying it, so you should spread the word and let other people enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is my bread and butter, people. Uh, or also, if you're not enjoying it, but you're listening anyway out of a sense of duty or obligation, <laughs> then it's also duty. It is also your obligation to to try and spread the word to other people as well, uh, because you feel sorry for me. So either way, if you're listening, then you should be spreading it to others. That's what I'm saying. Um, Remember, I'm looking for your listeners to do my work for me. Don't forget to send me questions and topics for the Podomatic. Let me know if you want to be included in the listener betrayal. And if you have a really interesting nerd fact about an upcoming episode number, send it to me and save me all of that grueling research. You guys don't know how tough finding facts is for this podcast. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, look, coolfactsbro.com can only do so much for me. That's what I'm saying. Uh, my contact information, Mike at NerdPrideRadio.com, at NerdPrideRadio on some social medias that I will not check. But to be totally honest, the very best way to talk to me is to sign up for my forums at NerdPrideRadio.com slash, slash babble. Oh, I remembered what it was. Uh, sign up, send me a message. We will hang out together. We will become best friends in the world. We'll have fun. And on a side note, apparently no one's keeping track of which musicians kill more people. So this is really hard research. <laughs> you know what? You come back next week uh, or whenever. And, uh, and you provide us with an answer. You or if anyone what? out there happens to know, you know share if, with us. If, if, this, if this research is hard enough, it might just turn out to be baritone players. Are, uh, for, the, for the musicians who are in my audience, or for people who hang out with musicians who are in my audience, if you know of any uh, musicians, musician friends of yours who have killed somebody, report that as well. I mean, yes. again, it's not... It's not All data be, is useful data. Right. It's not going to be scientific at this point, but uh, in the absence of scientific data, uh, we'll go with anecdotes and uh, I don't even need hearsay names. Just, and, oh, I need names. Just, just, just murder count and what instrument they play. All right. Um, but and vocals count as an instrument. We'll have fun. And now it's time for Listener Betrayal. Before we start recording every podcast, we post up to our uh, ever-vigilant Gallium and Platinum Club members and say, hey, we are recording anything that we say or anything that they say to us during our recording will be read off at the end of the episode right now. So that's what we're doing. Let's do it. Okay. um, First off. Let's look at that Gallium list. No. First off. 
We have to go to the Lister Betrayal Betrayal. Uh, excuse me. Oh, right. Where? Uh, <laughs> we haven't recorded in so long, they took it upon themselves Where? to uh, open up a Listener Betrayal. Yeah, a user of, of mine named Mando went to Nerd Pride Network and said, Why haven't they recorded in so long? Hmm, maybe they need a kickstart. And they uh, and then uh, Mando started, uh, started posting up. Episode 320, to be determined. Betrayal. All right. Oh, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Just have to get this open. All right, hold on. I'm going to pause you guys uh, while I go out in the hall so the internet will work. We'll start off. I just wanted to let you both know, this is Mando, I wanted to let you both know that I am eagerly awaiting the new podcast, so much so that I made a placeholder in the forums. Hope you're all keeping well and in good health. So, he's so polite. Yeah, for, yeah. For being a complainer, he's being very sweet about it. So he's very passive aggressive. I appreciate. It. I now have this convenient place from which to betray you. I think Kyle's done this before too. No, has tell Kyle me. done this before? I think so. Tell me, tell us, tell all the world about your podcast listening habits recently. So, what is your favorite podcast right now? A Night Vale. I will always tout the brilliance of Night Vale. I haven't listened in a while. Because it's hard to find the time, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite podcast right this moment is uh, is a hot dog as a sandwich. Again? It's my favorite My favorite podcast right this moment is a hot dog as a sandwich. It's the one I most look forward to. It's the one that I most eagerly listen to as soon as it comes up. Uh, I love it. And Jacob, who originally recommended it to me and who loves it himself, uh, also told me that... Uh, Aaron is the funny one is also, uh, that's from Jack's films. Yeah. I'm explaining for the listener's benefit, is also extremely funny in the same way. Yes. And therefore, I've, I've been meaning to listen to it, but I've been weeding out a ton of podcasts lately because I've been listening to audiobooks so often when I'm driving that, like, you can see here, Nerd Pride Radio has four unlistened to episodes on it. I've, I, I've been keeping up with Nerd Pride better than you. I know. Isn't that weird? Um, so anyway, hot dog is a sandwich is, is definitely my absolute favorite right now. And the constant is a, a very close second because I love the constant. So there you go. All right. Um, second, what is your most listened to? Uh, let's see. I've, well, I, I don't know. Most listened to probably still night Vale. Yeah. Listen, I listened to bam. Yeah, I've listened to every episode of all sorts of podcasts. So, uh, Nerd Pride Radio is probably the one I've listened to the most hours of. Um, but Doug Loves Movies is pretty close, uh, pretty close second there because I've listened to a lot of Doug Loves Movies. Maybe not going all the way back to the very beginning, but the man puts out, you know, anywhere from one to three episodes a week, uh, depending on the season and depending on his schedule. So, there's a lot of material there. But, all right. And then, what is your least favorite podcast that you still listen to? Uh, or that, it just says, what is your least favorite podcast? It doesn't say that you still listen to necessarily. Uh, least favorite podcast is probably whatever Joe Rogan does. Yeah, right? Exactly. I I don't know. I don't listen to things that I don't enjoy. So right. I've listened to a ton of podcasts that... I gave one or two episodes and then decided, okay, that's not for me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I can't really give you a least favorite uh, because and also anything anything that is a least favorite anything I find myself hesitating to listen to or that I see the episodes uh, piling up to you know a dozen 15 20 unlistened to episodes uh, usually I just cut them out of the, the listening rotation if I'm hesitating to listen to it or if it pops up I'm like oh god now I gotta get through that it's like well then why am I listening to it there's uh-huh, no point in that exactly so uh, do we have any recommendations uh, night Vale. Yeah, Night Vale. A hot dog is a sandwich. The constant. Um, absolutely. Uh, oh, and... and uh, Nerd Pride Radio. Obviously, Nerd Pride Radio. Uh, if you haven't ever listened to Nerd Pride Radio, listeners, you should. Absolutely, <laughs> you should. And uh, Till Death Do We Blart. Oh, oh my God, I love Till Death Do We Blart. There's, there's like seven episodes of Till Death Do We Blart. Like, you could be caught up in a weekend. And then you'll be ready for the next episode at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I am telling you, it is worth every penny you spend on it. Because Till Death Do Do We Blart, it's just magic. It is just... The the concept is a bunch of dudes get together every Thanksgiving and watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and review it. And not together either. No. Like, like they, they they all... have to find time to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and then, over the Thanksgiving weekend, they record an episode of this podcast where they talk about their experience of the most recent viewing of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And it is it is hypnotic. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, they had one special episode where they broke in out of their regular schedule to watch the original Paul Blart Mall Cop. And it was, I mean, it's magic. It's really magic. It's like, there's a, there is a brainwashing that's going on that is incredible. And you have, you have to listen to the podcast. There's, there's something about the repeated exposures. I mean, I know that there are other podcasts out there where there people have chosen a movie that they will watch every week and review every week for a year or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm I'm betting that they have similar vibes in in a way, but this is once a year, like this is their their holiday treat, and um, and like I say, especially God that 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 special episode where they did Paul Blart Mall Cop one, and you can see the brainwashing going on, going well. I don't know if it's as good. I don't. I mean, like like they're it's, deep into this. It's Paul Blart Stockholm syndrome. I've just changed it. My favorite podcast is is Till Death Do We Part. You know what? It is my absolute favorite podcast. You know what? Yeah. It, I mean, with, hands down. Um, you know, I, they, they could use a few more episodes maybe? No. No. That would ruin the magic of it. Right. Um, all right. Next. Kyle says, oh, wait. First, uh, after any recommendations, Mando then says, hey, Aiden, what are your favorite quests on Solstheim? I don't know if that is. Solstheim? Sol- Solstheim? Solstheim? Is that? Okay. Do you leave out the letter, or do I just not know how to pronounce things? Uh, doesn't matter. What's, what's, what's the... Was it hard for you oh, to beat Karstag? Yeah, yeah, he does mean Solstheim. <laughs> okay. My favorite <laughs> quests on Solstheim... Okay, so it's an a- he, he put in an H instead of an I. That's what happened. Yes. Um... Um, I like a lot of the black books because mm-hmm. they 
present unique solutions to situations you've seen before that isn't just dash to the next objective and use whatever object you're currently holding to beat it to death. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so, like, uh, with uh, the Lanterns book, where anytime you step out of a lantern, you're going to start losing health rapidly. And so you have to follow these things around the stacks of books. It, it, so this is a puzzle quest game? No! No, this is Skyrim. Oh, it's in Skyrim. Yeah. Oh, wow. Alright, cool. Um, I like the, uh, I like the quest that allows you to gain control of some Reeklings and they'll just show up randomly to help you. Okay, was it hard for you to beat Karstag? I have a confession. As, as, as I have put 10,000 hours into Skyrim and have obtained Karstag's skill many a time, I have not fought Karstag yet. It is on my list of things to do. But I have yet to fight Karstag and I hear it is the hardest fight in the game. In multiple games, actually. So, so what, you just purchase his skull off of eBay? You just find it in a cave. Oh. And then you bring it to a to his burial site, and uh, the ghost of Karstag the Frost Giant comes to beat you to a pulp. Did you side with uh, the Reeklings or the Nords? Reeklings, every time. I love goblins. All right. Um... Kyle says, ooh, early betrayal, and a real betrayal. I approve. Uh, to both Mike and Aiden, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done in a bathroom? Hmm. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, next question. <laughs> I mean, like... I'm sure there's a really great, funny answer. Oh, I I know your answer. Yeah. Performed surgery? No! No. I have a photo of you oh. in a bathing suit. And pool floaties. And pool floaties. Apparently hovering in the air as you do a cannonball into your own bathtub. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a good picture. That's a great picture. Can um, I still have that? I should. So, uh, that one's pretty good. I'm going to do another one of these. But, um, I can't even imagine what my answer to this one is. Because I also bet it's nothing gross either. I mean, pooping's pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. There's nothing... I, like, inherently, pooping's pretty weird. Like, I've, you know, installed wiring in buildings where I've had to stand on a ladder in their bathroom and, and feed cable through ceiling tiles and stuff like that. I've had, I mean, there's all, yeah, see, that's a great photo. You have to add that in Yeah. Do you want me to just send this to you, so... Yeah, yeah, so you, you, you send can just forward. respond to it and... Yeah, forward it to me, and I'll put it. Uh, I'll put it up there um, after the episode drops. Um, I don't have. I don't have a, a good answer. I'm sorry. I'm going to be bashful here. I'll so be, I'll be Doc. All right. 
Uh, ooh, Talvin says, ooh, I'll get in on this action. I bashful doc. I got it. I, I didn't get it immediately. I only got it when you looked indignant. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, you just broke people's eardrums with that I'm one. Sorry. <laughs> but would, you, would you like to say it a little louder? I'll share it for her. Um, <laughs> why? Why? Why did your mother tackle you off a toilet? Because my grades were lower than they should have been. No, that is not why. Oh, so you do want to come and tell the story? Not what happened. No, what was it? I can't remember. She'll she'll have to say it. What was it? Was it that he lied about it? Okay. So he lied about his grades. That's why. And that deserves being well, tackled. Let me tell you, I was foot. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the same way when we were driving and Jacob was mouthing off in the the third row seating of the van. <laughs> what are you going to do? Come back and here? Jacob said... <laughs> What what are you gonna do? You're not gonna come leaping over the seat at me. And, and then guess what she did? And then she, I mean, like in a flash, this woman has has cheetah like reflexes. Just darts over the top of both rows of seats and tackles him into the back. I hit the top in a, in a moving car. So <laughs> it was wheeling like a yeah, ja- Jacob was very surprised. So, um. This is quality parenting. That is what I'm telling. You. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that's that's why they've that's why they've turned out so well. Um, and I've been that's why I locked the bathroom door even in my own home. So Talvin says, "I'll get in on this action." What's the worst public restroom experience you've ever had? Um, it was a run-in with Harvey at my old job at the theater. Yeah, yeah, Harvey Shipman. Um, Okay, so I'd like to set the scene. Uh-huh. You are a minimum wage movie theater employee. Right, and by you, you mean you. D- 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 hold on. We'll call him John. <laughs> so appropriate for this story. And a customer is going to approach you and say, Hey, uh, there's a mess in the men's room if you'd like to take care of that. Uh-huh. And you say, of course. Now... You know the scene from Jackass, where it's just like the dude's butt painted like a hill on a model train set, uh-huh. and he shits upward like a fountain? Uh-huh. That is the only way I can even comprehend how this mess was created. Ew. Uh, so apparently you have... the walls, the floor... The toilet was coated in... So you had a hippo in there with a rotating fantail. Got it. Um, I have mine. Okay, Lisa's got one. Actually, probably my worst bathroom experience was being tackled off of a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Mine involves a porta potty Uh, Which porta potty The one at the Big Bang Boom. Uh Uh-huh. And going there after dark. And... Trying to squat instead of sitting, but not being able to do it, and sitting down on the stool, and somebody evidently before that had puked. Oh, 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 no. Porta potty in the dark covered in puke. 
That is dis- okay. That's disgusting. Oh, what? Well, that well, is what about you, horrifying. Mike? Um. God, I don't want to cop out again. Come on. You work in one of the greatest places for shit stories ever. Yeah, look, it's not. Um, but I've already told all of my Harvey Shipman stories. I mean, they're all they're all essentially the same. It is it is you walk into the bathroom and man with a butthole built into the base of his spine <laughs> sprays the back of the toilet and underside of the toilet seat somehow with crap that cannot be chiseled off because it is. Like, constantly, he does this. Every day he does this. Like, like he's got a sandblaster for an asshole. Right. Like, 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 Chuck is our new guy, and we have told him many horror stories about it. Well, he finally, like, just a couple weeks ago, he... Experienced Harvey's work? He came across it himself before anyone could have warned him. And he came back, and he's like, does he hold his ankles while he shits? What does this man do? It is... So, it's like he's got a mud cannon. Right! Okay, Lisa's got one that involves me that I, she can't remember the details and it's not ringing any bells for me. The one I was just thinking of is uh, uh, the one we just, just recently, we were, we were in the Black Hills on vacation and we were in one of these lodge restaurants that are inside the park uh, and thus they're always overpriced and bland and um, but on the way out, uh, I stop in the restroom, and while I'm in the stall, there is a kid who is maybe eight years old, and he is out washing his hands, and he is singing and humming to himself, uh, and it's just, it's, it's, there were lyrics to it, but I can't remember what they were, and then, as I'm leaving the stall, and I'm going to go wash my own hands, the kid has now moved over to the hand dryer, it's one of those really powerful jet dryers, with the really strong a uh, jet of air coming out of it, and he is karate chopping that, like as if he's fighting with the jet of air. Ha! Yeah, yeah! Wha! Ha! And then after like six or seven of those, he gets all done. He's like, throws his hands in the air above his head. He goes, "Finally, I am free!" And he runs out of the bathroom. Um, but but that's not my best story. My best story also. My my wife just reminded me. Um, it wasn't your worst one. <coughs> yeah. About your yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this isn't my worst one because there was no one here to witness it. Um, but I went into the restroom. I, I, maybe I've told you guys this story. Stop me if you've heard this one. Um, Stop. No, not you. Then. Oh, okay. Uh, I had just gotten a new cell phone. It was maybe, it was a work phone that was the, only the second work phone I had ever had. And. I was trying to set it, and I was using different ringtones, and I couldn't uh, couldn't decide on what ringtone I wanted. Uh, and so I was trying out a few of them to see what happened. Middle of the day, I go to the restroom, and I stand up to the urinal. I unzip my pants. The moment I unzip my pants and I start getting ready to do my business, um, my phone rings. And it's playing, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so that was, that that's that's what happens. The greatest when I, pee you ever took. It was, that's what happens when I get my junk out. Every time. So, 
Um, but that's again not the worst bathroom that experience. That was just that was just a great. That's just a great story. I only wish someone else had been there when it happened. It would have been really embarrassing at the time, but it would have made a much better story. Um, Lisa, you got any more details on the the really bad story? Yeah, I don't remember it either. Huh. All right, we're going to have to move on. It was scary. I believe you that it was scary. I just don't remember anything about it. So, Like the Skyler bathroom. Yeah, the Skyler bathroom is terrible. That, no, not, not Skyler. Um... Really? Not Skyler, Scribner. Yeah, Scribner. That's the one I'm thinking of. Scribner. I think it was the, the Scribner the, the, ga- the gas station had an outdoor bathroom, and they didn't lock it. So, like, you go, the bathroom is on the outside of the building. The door for the bathroom is on the outside of the building, which is not a thing you see anymore. But this one still had that. And they never locked the darn thing. So, um, so when I was driving late at night... To, to go back and forth between seeing your mom and going back to school. Almost bad? No, no. But it was, I, I would stop there a lot after hours. So the gas station is closed. The whole town is locked up. But there's this one bathroom that's still open and I can still use. It was disgusting. Like, sure, it's open and available. Uh, but it also and had a working lock on it, for God's sake. But uh, no one ever cleaned it. So, yeah. yeah. All they did was restock the paper, I think. Um but no, I don't, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there was a terrible story that involved that bathroom, but I can't remember what it is. Huh, I must have made it up. Um, so next, uh, Kyle says, oh my gosh, I think we're developing a theme to both of you. What decor do you have in your bathrooms? <laughs> Ours is disintegrating. <laughs> um, we are... We are remodeling the bathroom, or we will be remodeling the bathroom. We've got we've got tile bought, we've got a new tub, we've got things prepared, and then it just keeps getting put off um, because my brother-in-law, who's going to do the majority of the work here, uh, has other things coming up, and we're not, you know, we're not going to pressure him. He's he, the man is incredibly generous to us uh, with with his time and effort, and so no pressure, but it means that you know. There's things in there that need to be fixed, and we're just not getting to them yet because, well, we'll do it when we remodel the bathroom. Like, we finally, I had to go buy a new toilet seat because, well, why buy a new toilet seat when we're putting in a new toilet any day now? Well, yeah, you know what? Our toilet seat fell apart so badly that, yeah, I just have to, it broke one of the hinge screws back there. Um, so, uh, uh Disintegrating. That's my, my current theme. Uh, apparently, my bathroom is decorated with uh, Spider Team 6. <laughs> okay. I, I told you the story about my tactical spider attacks. Yes, yes. I, I remember this. So, I had a real terrible day at work. I am just covered in gross mess from the factory I work in. And all I want is a shower. So I go to my bathroom, and I get in the shower, and immediately as I shut the curtain, a spider, a small one, runs across my feet. And it startles me enough that I fall backwards, taking the curtain with me, knock the back of my head against my toilet, cutting the back of my head open, and the shower rod hits me in the forehead. And so, so I've got a big bruise on my forehead, and the back of my head is bleeding profusely. So I'm just, like, leaning over my tub, calling my freaking upstairs neighbor, like, 
Hey, I need you to run me to the hospital, would ya? <laughs> okay, do you remember, and they, they weren't like this the last time. Last can can, can I finish this quick? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And so eventually I get the bleeding to slow, make sure that my bathroom's clean, you know, get everything off the carpet, because my person who owns my building hates me and I have uh, carpeted bathrooms. Uh-huh. You said your person slugged you. No, no. He, the, the, the guy before that. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. By, by giving you a carpeted bathroom. That's the... Yeah. And anyway, so it slows down. So I get in the shower. I put shampoo in my hair. And I tilt my head back to get all the shampoo out of my hair. And a spider about the size of a silver dollar lands right on my face. Uh-huh. I swipe it off my face, scream, run out of my shower, and I am now wrapped. Sorry. Those are called hallucinations. Fight me. <laughs> I have proof. <laughs> anyway, so I scream, and I am now just in my living room in a towel. I'm like, I call my upstairs neighbor. I'm like, I am shaking. I need you to take care of a spider because I literally do not have the dexterity to do so right now. I was just that shaken up by it. And it felt, it felt so intentional. It felt so tactical. Yeah, the spiders will do that. Like, like, the first strike was to disorient me for the actual attack. Look, do, do you remember at Camp Cedars the, the outhouse toilets that were in camp being Oh, wow, you actually have a picture of that's it. That's a Dr. Pepper cap. Oh, yeah, that sucker is big. You're not exaggerating. All right. Do you remember the, the were you there the couple of years that those, those Camp Cedars bathrooms at the camp were full of daddy long legs? Yes. Yeah, nothing, nothing but harvestmen, top to bottom. I mean, and then if you, thousands then of them. Then if you killed one, it just made the problem worse because they're uh-huh. cannibalistic. Yes, Ugh. mama. Yes, Castle. Oh yeah. No, this isn't a bathroom, but oh, oh, the 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 hallway of doom. Yeah, the castle. That it's like what? What is that shadow? Oh, it's not a shadow. It's a gigantic bundle of spiders. Oh, it wasn't a bundle at night. It was like the, almost the whole ceiling was just looked like it was a black ceiling, and it the, was... the walls and floor were like that too at night. Oh, ugh. it was really a castle. Yeah, it, and it was an actual castle. It just. uh um, you know, it was abandoned and full of spiders. And, you know, had no ceiling on most of the sections. Um, alright, hold on, there's more betrayal. There you go, Mama, so you don't feel left out. Alright, Talvin says, My question stems from a cross-country road trip and the family rating uh, the best and worst of the public restrooms that had to be used along the way. Mike and Aiden, we're planning a bathroom remodel. What are your need-to-have features for your home bathroom and what sort of dream features for your ideal bathroom? Uh, you can already answer that for yours with the shower. A bidet yeah. powerful enough to clean the back of my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I look. A bathroom just really has to have toilet, sink, and shower. I mean, that makes it a, a functional home bathroom. But uh, for me, um, I really I have to have uh, a removable shower head in the shower. That is that is just one absolute for me. Um, because 
when I shower, I don't like having to uh, find ways to contort my body to make sure everything is rinsed. I'd like to just have a sprayer on the handle so I can make sure everything is appropriately rinsed. I mean, That's ha- all I need. Have you, not, have you not seen the, like, showers that have multiple heads on every wall? Yes, and I don't have the sh- I don't have the water pressure for that. I mean, could you imagine though? All you have to do is stand there and T pose in your shower, and you're clean. Sure, fantastic. But um, and then yeah, and I would also like like to have a uh, a bidet because uh, I think that's cool. Um, I don't think Lisa is excited as excited about the bidet as I am, uh, but I would love to have the bidet. And you buy a bidet that like hooks right up to any toilet, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I am well aware. Why don't you get one? Um, I think Jacob has bought us one. Oh. So, um, so there's that. Um, for the dream, oh God, I don't know. Uh, to have one of those, I mean, I'd have to have a much bigger house, um, or, you know, take out a bedroom maybe. Uh, but you know, one of those big ass fancy bathrooms that, uh. You can play baseball in, according to the song? Right. Exactly. Um, have you heard the, the. The remake of that song, um, the by, Sea Shanty. Yeah, the Sea Shanty version by Nickelback. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Um, but uh, you know, I would I love to have. I showed you that one. You might have. I would love. I would love to have you know a big walk-in shower with a bunch of you know multiple shower heads and all that cool stuff, um, but also still have a tub big enough to um, to fit two people Ten comfortably. Plus no, two people comfortably. I'm still just quoting rocks. I I know exactly what you're doing, um, or uh, have uh, have one I'll of have those a quesadilla. Have one of those with the the little separate toilet nook inside the bathroom, so it's got its own separate door. If you want to shut that, so that you know if you're going in there to do your business, you don't have to. You know, it doesn't have to affect whoever's in the shower or. Something like that if you're sharing a bathroom, um, but you know I'm not I'm not particularly uh, I don't have really strong opinions other than having the removable shower head and I you know I suppose uh, working plumbing and a toilet I'm I'm all good with it. So how about you? Any any dream features for a bathroom? No. Um, an attendant that just takes care of your personal hygiene for you when you walk in. Would you call him a butler? <laughs> oh. uh, no, he's a bathroom attendant. Or ass wiper. Or she. I mean, I don't... It, this is not a gendered job. So... Uh, or they. Butler. <laughs> you said but. Um, so next... Oh, darn it. I've lost it. All right, hold on. Forward. Forward. Ah, uh, there we go. All right. Um, and then, also from Talvin, Aiden, when you create your D&D campaigns and adventures, do you account for your dungeon's residents having to fulfill their natural biological functions? Or do you follow the Gygax approach and, and assume that nobody poops or pees except for the PCs? And maybe not even them. It is assumed, like it has been spoken of, and it is assumed that when people are winding down for camp, that is something that is taken care of then. Mm-hmm. But what about all the monsters? What about when you're in a dungeon? Where do the creatures They go? have tracked monsters via their fecal matter before. Oh, interesting. 
Okay. Everyone poops. I mean, maybe not the oozes, but everyone poops. <laughs> nice. Uh, Kyle says, hey, how often y'all poop a day? That depends on the day, man. Uh, once for sure, sometimes twice. So, pretty good about that. Uh, Mando says, have you ever written on bathroom walls? When I was younger, yeah. Did you? Yeah. I also used to look up curse words in the dictionary, but, you know, we grow out of a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, when I was in second grade, I wrote something about Mark Hobner on the wall in the bathroom, because, uh, because I... At, For a good time, call. No, no, it was probably... Uh, it was probably something like Mark Loves Becky or something like that, because, you know, that would be something embarrassing, is that, is that he likes girls. Um, but, uh, I remember being very jealous of Mark Hoffner because, uh, because he might have been smarter than me and that bothered me at that age. Uh-huh. And so, uh, I was insecure and jealous. Uh, I got and I wrote something bad about him. in a book, in a textbook. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's the only time I remember writing on bathroom walls. Uh, Mando then says, what is the longest amount of time you've ever spent on the toilet doing your business? Forty-five minutes. When I was younger, the bathroom was a quiet place to read. Right, 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 right. And so, therefore, doing your business, doing actual business, probably no more than. I mean, you know, during times of illness, I'm sure there have been times where it's been like twenty, thirty minutes where you feel like you can't get up. But there are those days when every time you get up, it's like, nope, I'm, I'm gonna sit right back down. But normally, normally not long. Um, does your bathroom have reading material in it, like a bathroom reader? I yes. always have my phone with me. Well, yeah, exactly. Our bathroom readers don't get as much business as they used to now that we have phones. So, yeah, yeah, we used to get a bathroom reader for Christmas every year, and we didn't this year because we just, again, haven't been putting the miles on them. Uh, Kyle says, if your bathroom wore shoes, what size would it wear? Um... I don't know for sure the size. I'm guessing like uh, 83 extra wide, uh, but they would definitely be white New Balance. Your your, your bathroom's a dad. Yes, it's a dad bathroom. My mine would uh, mine would wear like socks and sandals, but like the sandals specifically used for like going skiing and stuff. <laughs> Nice. All right. That that that's that that's to atone for for, for the carpet. Yeah. You you're going skiing with your socks and sandals on. Oh Jesus. Um we've got to, we've got to wrap this up. So, now it's time for the platinum list. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Is that is that all of them from Yeah. Okay. See, cuz here's the thing is we're just making up for the podcast we missed. I understand that, but you know, I have other things to do today. Yeah, me too. So, um, let's see. Here it is. I said, The Return of Nerdbride. I've recently started playing Pokemon. If you have a favorite Pokemon, what is it? Also, give me a word that sounds like it's a Pokemon, but isn't. Uh, DM Darks, Pat, says, uh, A, Diglett, and B, Ubuntu. Nah, that's that, that was the one that made the, me the, laugh. The, the, have you ever seen a Lowland Diglett? Where it's just Diglett in a wig. 
I na- no, I, na- I, I, I named it Kroger because it looks like the lead singer of Nickelback. Uh, Sarah Beth replies that her favorite is Evie, and uh, I have to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Sesquipedalian. Oh, that, that, I think I have a shiny Sesquipedalian. Yeah, that that, yep, that, that, that maybe one like of the it. fossil Pokemon. Yes, which makes sense because she's she's a scientist. Yeah, they're oh my god, a lowland dug trio. Um, Jacob says my favorite Pokemon is and always has been Gengar. Yes, we are aware. Also, Jacob, I'd like to point out that just yesterday I realized the Gengar that is your partner in Pokemon Go is named Debbie. And for some reason, that just tickles me pink. Uh-huh. It's Debbie. Just that terrifying thing standing behind you is named Debbie. Uh, and then he says, and the Wabagong is a shark. But man, doesn't that sound like a Wabafed evolution? A Lowland Diglett. A Lowland Doug Trio. Yeah, but... it turns into a Lowland Doug Trio. Um, I don't know why they all have hair, but they do. Okay. Uh. Next, your mom says... What's my favorite Pokemon is? Uh, Psyduck. Her favorite has always been Psyduck. Uh, ever since the kids were little and watched the, the original anime on TV, uh, Lisa has always loved Psyduck. Um, and then she says, Seersucker would be a great name for a Pokemon. Uh, hey, actually. See, someone else listens to the podcast. All right. I mean, she listens to it while it's being recorded. Does that count? <laughs> Kyle says Squirtle and Puckerlax. Yeah. Well, I, no, the, no, no, hold on. It, it sounds awful, but but imagine that uh, you got a shadow Puckerlax and then you purified it. Um, so now, I mean, like you're raising all of its stats. It's probably like a three star Puckerlax. It is what happens when uh, you have when you when you breed together a Smoochum and a Munchlax. And then Puckerlax looks like the cross between Jinx and Snorlax. <laughs> um, all right. Kyle adds, great question. Here's a question for you. When did you learn to speak Pokemon? And are you sorry <laughs> Are you sorry you don't get to use that line anymore? <laughs> we, that is the first thing we said when he started playing Pokemon Go was, I mean, you speak Pokemon now. Look, I already spoke. I was, I was passable in Pokemon before this, I mean, let's be honest. I'm a nerd with with four kids who love Pokemon. Uh, I've seen enough of it that I could enjoy Detective Pikachu, and that I can carry on. I like. I know enough Pokemon to ask how to get to the restroom. You know, right. that kind of thing. And now you're fluent in Pokemon. Yeah, and then uh, about a month ago, a little over a month ago, uh, yeah, yeah, fluent Pokemon. And yes, I am sorry I can't use that line anymore, although actually technically I can still use that line. I still use that line. Yeah, it's not... Sorry, I don't speak Pokemon. <laughs> I mean... It's a good line. Mo- most people don't know that I'm lying. Speaking of good those lines. Those that do still think it's funny. Speaking of good lines. I'm going to take a tangent here. So I am walking through work. And I walk through the connecting hallway that is suspended over part of the factory. Mm-hmm. And... I meant to add this to the list, by the way. <laughs> and... Uh, the maintenance guy, one of the lead maintenance guys, Charlie, is just taking pieces off the wall and screwing stuff in, taking other pieces off. I'm like, oh, hey, Charlie, just uh, just taking apart the hallway there? And he goes, well, yeah, I mean, they give me tools and don't watch me, so. <laughs> I love that. 
Just going to disassemble and reassemble parts of the building because, well, no one's paying attention. <laughs> like, it sounds like he's not supposed to be doing it, but no one's going to stop him. Okay. And he's probably right. <laughs> uh, Emily clearly does not have a favorite Pokemon, but her answer to the second question is Corgi. There is a Corgi Pokemon. Really? Yes. Is it called Corgi? Give me a second. It is is part of the Galar region, which just got added to Pokemon Go. But, uh... I'm aware. Go ahead. Give me Uh, a second. Yeah, yeah, you you go ahead and I'll, I'll keep up the radio thing. I'm I'm not as familiar with all okay. the Galar names. I mean, that that is a group text that has absolutely nothing to do with this podcast. So, all right. Um, you, you have a quirky Pokemon. Uh, if the internet was not Garbo. Okay. Tell you what, why don't I look it up and you just start doing uh, the trail? I got it. Do you? Okay. It it it's, it's it's a corgi. I get that. What's it called? I'm working on it. Garbo internet. You work on it. All right. Because if it's yeah, you, just... hey, you didn't read my answer. What? How did I not read Yamper. It? Yamper is its name. Ah, there you go. Uh, Aiden? Aiden sent... Oh, 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 because I, I, you had sent the photo, and then when I went to look at the photo, it uh, then marked it as red, and I forgot uh, there was stuff above it. Uh, Alcremie? Yeah, I like Alcremie a lot. I sent a Are picture... you sure that's not the made-up one? I sent a picture of Alcremie in the group chat. Um, and then also that really fast German Pokemon, Autobahn. Nice. Oh, that is Alcremie. You're right. Alcremie, is that a Vanillite evolution? No. No, it is not Vanillite. There's multiple Vanilla ice it, cream. No, it's, it, 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 evolved, it evolved from a Pokemon that looks like a puddle of spilt milk. You guys are going to have to stop. I don't speak Pokemon. <laughs> it's muff. Muff. So you're... There are multiple dessert Pokemon. So that's oh, yeah. what you're saying. Uh, but uh, Al- Alchemy evolves from Milsuri, and how you evolve Milsuri is in the games. You run around in a circle to, to whip the cream. Please, please stop making me hate this. It's So if 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 they add Milsuri to the game, you might actually have to spin around in real life. Stop. And it depends how long you spin, at what time of day you spin, and in what direction you spin, on what color your alchemy will be. Meaning that there are 70 different kinds of alchemy out there. This one's just my favorite. I mean, look. This one, speaking of, you speaking need to, of variations. You I mean, need to spin counterclockwise for 15 seconds between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. and also give it a purple candy to hold. <laughs> God. Um... Sarah Beth, do you, do you actually play Pokemon at all, or do you just live vicariously through your husband? Because, uh, I mean, they did just have Eevee Community Day, so um, this was the chance to go out and get... And we uh, friends. Uh, yeah, so, someone I know picked up, I think, I don't know, 15, 16 shiny Eevees that day. Uh, unreal. Absolutely unreal. I only got, like, eight. Um, but uh, Yeah, I only got, like, five. Yeah, see, exactly. So now I have uh, I have a full complement of of all eight of the EV evolutions, evolutions, and uh, and I have I think six now of the shinies, five of the shinies, six six of the shinies because I accidentally trashed a couple of them 
Anyway, I, long, I, I long have, story short, I'm stupid. I got one three-star shiny, and then I had exactly eight three-star Eevees. So now I have nice. all three-star Eeveelutions, and it feels good. Very nice. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, listener Betrayal. Uh, I said, howdy, Platinum Arms. My dad and I are recording today. If you'd like us to like us to say something or have us read anything now's your chance we will read anything you send us seriously anything you say will be read off this week's question what is the most useless piece of knowledge you have and uh the first one comes from ryan and he says uh the most useless piece of knowledge i know you say my random knowledge of music of course okay he he he, he, uh, we'll we will be playing a song that's really old and he like is that Huey Lewis in the news? It's like, why do you know that? Okay, I get it. But although it is that really useless, right? Yeah, thanks for playing, Ryan. Jeez. <laughs> um, next one comes from DM Darks. He says, "The force needed to bite through a human finger is the same force to bite through a baby carrot." Aww. And also, the Hulk's first name is actually Robert. Robert? Yeah. Why? What, Robert Bruce Banner? No, because Hulk's a completely different person. So his name's Bob Hulk? I, I think, yeah. Wouldn't that be Bulk? <laughs> no, Bulk is a different knockoff movie, and I would recommend if you have the opportunity to watch Bulk, watch Bulk. Well, this one comes from Sarah Beth. Uh, Sarah Beth says, I can spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and thanks to being in Mary Poppins a few years ago. Nice. Well, alright. Well, the next one comes to us from Jacob. And Jacob says, at some point in his life, Alfred, Hitch- <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's belly button was surgically removed. Jesus. Okay. That is some useless information. Yep. You got it. Uh, the next one comes to us from uh, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Uh, she says, absolute knowledge about the Cyrenian C- oak trees linked to knowledge about military base at 10,000 years ago. What? Absolute knowledge about the Cyrenian oak trees linked to knowledge about a military <laughs> oh, base 10,000 years ago. Okay, you're right. That is pretty useless. Uh... Uh, hold, uh, something's happening. Hold on. Uh, good radio. I'm coming. All right, you keep reading. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one comes just from Dom. Hi, Dom. Uh, he says, "I've got I've got too much to even list, but most came from my college classes." Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the next one comes just from Kyle. Kyle says, "Jesus was left-handed." Great question. Here's one for you. What social media do you use? And what are your passwords? Uh, <laughs> I don't use social media, so I don't need the passwords. Really? TikTok counts as social media. I don't have a password on TikTok. I just logged in through freaking Google Gmail. Oh. You have a Facebook account, but you don't use it. Right, so I don't use it. So you have a Twitter account? Nope. Does Reddit count as social media? I, no, it counts as freaking memes. I am not social on Reddit. Okay. 
Okay, are, are you just sitting there silently while we... I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure what's going on around me. Your, your mom took this, this floppy ruler here and slapped it into her palm like that, and they clearly made a face uh, like it hurt a lot, so she handed it to me and said, here, try this. So I did, and it hurts a lot. No, you have to hit it hard. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, so why would you do it if we just both of us just told you that it hurts? Why would you try that? Uh, anyway, uh, my mom says the fear of phobias is photophobia. <laughs> Phobophobia. Phobophobia. Uh, then it comes from Emily. She says, how to spell peace? <laughs> really? Which, which one? Uh, P-I-E-C-E. Got it. That's not useless. There are many times that I've had to spell the word peace. I, I don't know, man. Uh... The next request is from Sam, and Sam says, All zoos everywhere have chimps on the shoot-on-sight list if it escapes, which is not which not even lions are on, or tigers, or bears. Right? Why? Well, yeah, because <laughs> chimps are dangerous. Chimps are really dangerous when they get out. Uh, the next request is from Isaiah, and Isaiah... <laughs> Isaiah uh, Says that hyenas, female hyenas have penises also, which uh, technically it's a it's a modified uh, the clitoris, but yes, yes, it is a pseudo phallus, and it is all kinds of not not traditional nature. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he says, "Hey, if oh you wait, wanna... so are you saying it's unnatural?" How dare you? Uh, he says, hey, if you want to head over to my place when you're done, possibly need another set of hands. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I'll be right over. Who was that? Isaiah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> hey. This stuff, not that. Hey, when a friend needs an extra set of hands. Uh, the next one comes from Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, the mic definitely picked that up. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Can you do that again, Lisa? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too. She's, she's, she's just got a freaking container of flarp over there. Yeah, that's what it is. She has a container of flarp. Oh, God. Stop. Oh, stop. Stop. Yep. Yep. We are children. It's not flarp. No, it's actually... Uh, it's a uh, dusting slime. Apparently. It is. It is. It is chemically identical to Flarp. Anyway, uh, Mike says Greninja's scarf is actually his tongue. I mean, depends on who you are. That might be useful knowledge. No, it is not at all useful knowledge because it has no effect on on how you play the game. It has no effect on Greninja's stats or or effectiveness. It is just. An interesting side note about Greninja is... Oh, by the way, that's his tongue. Greninja's a Pokemon, Kyle. And that's all I got. But, by the way, look, Greninja... Um, yes, his his scarf is actually his tongue, and it is kind of gross. But, on the other hand, Greninja, as a dark Pokemon, incredibly effective. I The first time I had to break him out in, in a fight somewhere, God, he was just wiping people out. It was great. It's one of those where you get into the fight and you take out all three of the other side without losing anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was Greninja. He one shot of them. It was great. Well, one one Pokemon them. That weight 
So, um, okay, now that's that's everything. Yes. All right, cool. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for being here with us. We appreciate having you around. We appreciate your patience with us during our down times. Uh, uh, we will try and be better. I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll see. So uh, I love you guys. Uh, Aiden loves you. We're glad to have you here. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, say, say goodbye, uh, R2. R2. That's, that's why you were reaching for R2. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take R2 away from you. Say goodbye, R2. I'm sorry, Aiden. Now you can say goodbye again. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, guys.